It's showtime. Go head on with Bob Kincaid. Three hours of conversation, cussing and discussing with America's only born and bred Southern liberal talk host. Head on with Bob Kincaid is brought to you each night by Coal River Mountain Watch. Coal River Mountain Watch invites you to become part of the solution, part of a sustainable future, part of the uprising against mountaintop removal. Coal River Mountain Watch, CRMW.net. And now, from high in the hills of beautiful West Bicod, Virginia, here's Bob Kincaid on the Head On Radio Network. Well, howdy. And here we go, off and running. Ah, it's going to be an evening, isn't it? Off and running. Oh, for pity's sakes. Well, so much for the intro. Did I manage to get well howdy out? I don't know. Uh... You might recall that I ended yesterday's program about a half an hour early so I could talk to tech support. I did, and they said, oh, no, 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 Miss Kincaid, it's just, you know, it was just a blip. Shouldn't be a problem. And so no sooner did I hit send on the interface, it started buffering up, and I told uh, Brother Deacon Asa, uh, who knows what the next three hours will be, and started the intro, and... Gone. Sorry about the sound effects there. <sighs> well, it's thorn in the side Thursday. We might as well start out with a technical thorn in the side. I hope I hope it's not going to be like this for the rest of the evening. Okay, well, well, howdy. Thank you, Ralphs. I did not get the well, howdy out. Well, howdy. Uh, this is the horn. Uh, Headon.live is where we live on the Internet. And uh, that's where you go if you'd like to be part of the Merry Wacky Zany Real-Time Madcap Multimedia Extravaganza that is the Horn Chat Room in the three hours in which this program is live, Monday through Friday, 5 to 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, 2 to 5 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, all time zones in between, and the Great Globe Round. And where, if you do pop by now, the early arrivers, uh, Anatole and Squeaky and Theo, will be happy to welcome you to the room. Uh, some days are diamonds, y'all. If you're listening to the podcast, pretty please, as is standard practice, um, please like and subscribe to each one, each program, each edition, if you will. And uh, leave a comment. Saw a comment earlier today saying, I uh, love the story about the school board president taking her oath on a stack of banned books. Yeah, I like that, too. It's nice to, it's nice to have some happy news once in a while. Uh, Emilio didn't hear no howdy neither, but howdy, Robin. Howdy, Emilio. Howdy, howdy, howdy. <sighs> so, 
We'll see how thorny the rest of the day. If I seem a little bit slow, a little bit off today, it's probably because, against my better judgment, at around 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, having gotten off the phone with tech support, I said to myself, what the heck? What harm could it do? Let's watch a little bit of the maggot circus over on uh, <clears throat> that channel. Because, well, you know, take one for the team. Oh, my. There was more stupidity there. I mean, I, I could... I, 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 had, I think I had brain cells that, upon hearing what was coming out of those those four freaks' mouths, I think I had brain cells that were committing, you know, some sort of ritual suicide. I could hear their little squeak. Good Lord, it was dumb. And it was it wasn't just dumb. It was. Every kind of right-wing dumb. And we were talking about full-on, full-throated, stupid. And of course, it was hosted by Fox News TV Radio Rwanda, so there would there would be no serious inquiries. No. Uh, it was, and I just happened to tune in. Right as they were talking about the great threat to America that trans kids pose. And biological sex. You know, not and not one of them has an understanding of biology beyond fourth grade. It was rough. We'll get to it. But every program here at the Horn begins with gratitude, and this program is no different. And so thanks go out to our seventh day of the month subscribers via PayPal. Thank you, James. Thank you very kindly. And uh, that's it. James is our lone subscriber for the seventh day of the month. Thank you so much for keeping this from being a zero day, James. Thank you. So the fundraising goal stands at seven hundred and yeah seven hundred and seventy dollars. Uh, and Stephen New York's challenge is on the table. Remember, a seventy-five dollar contribution gets your choice of uh, Esther Price chocolates of Dayton, Ohio. Um, uh, let's see, there's cashew brittle. And you get to choose three. There are uh, chocolate-covered pretzels, dark or milk, your choice. Cho chocolate-covered salted caramels, dark or milk, your choice. Um, cherry bourbon balls, dark or milk, your choice. Uh, three boxes for a $75 contribution. And it is yummy. And we have testimony from... Well, Darlene, who said, yes, they are. Uh, 
so that's that's out there. And uh, oh my God, are those angel wings? <laughs> yeah, Ralphs. That pageant. I mean, it, granted, the the fun part. The fun part. Oh, and by the way, as uh, Irish Dave is noting in the chat room, happy, uh, uh, happy Chanuka, happy Hanukkah, for those who celebrate it. Oh, chocolate covered potato chips. I said pretzels. My mistake. Chocolate covered potato chips. Steve reminds me, and they're even better than chocolate covered pretzels. Dark or milk chocolate, of course. Um. I, I don't know. Well, I mean, we're going to go into this. There's no getting around it. Um, but just a headline, because it's funny. This uh, this goes out to Lou in PA and Kevin in Colorado Springs. Headline, Chris Christie failed to disclose free Mets tickets, big speaking fees, government docs. That via Raw Story. In order to be, I don't know about the big speaking fees or anything. I understand the disclosure laws, but and and I'm, I'm not looking for a loophole or anything. But do do Mets tickets actually have a declarable value? I'm just wondering. Or would perhaps one not disclose free Mets tickets simply because one could not abide? Shame. Shame. <laughs> oh, dear God, I'm already on the wrong side of Micah. Chocolate-covered potato chips are better than chocolate-covered pretzels? Why are you broadcasting lies? Oh, dear. Cat fight. <laughs> because they are, Micah. They just are. Uh, so, uh, well, wait, what's going? Okay, uh, don't usually take calls early this early in the program, but well, heck, why not? Let's find out. Hey, welcome to the program, Roxanne. You don't have to put on the red alert, <laughs> Roxanne. You don't have to put on the red alert. Oh my God, she's a babe. <laughs> you have a lovely singing voice. A lot better than Stan's. Oh, man, I'll tell you. I am, like, if I don't hit that first Roxanne right, I, I am literally at the cracking devastation of my alto range with the, uh, you don't have to put on the red alert. I, I'm close to just completely spiraling out of control on that. Um, hi, darling. Yeah, so, uh, hi. Um, you know, I remember a couple of years ago when, uh, I had the big conversation with you after your, 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 you know, your big trans reveal. You had promised me, kind of, sort of, that, you know, there weren't going to be any more surprises. Um, you know, I, I said, look, is there anything else we should know? And you're outside of, you know, that you're an alien. No. 
Uh, but now, here y'all go changing things again with your name. <laughs> well, I, I made it, but I made it clear we don't have to do that. I've already been advised by people like Reverbo, leave it alone. Robin's a perfectly nice name and not, not change the name of the program or anything. Well, no, I love the name Roxanne. Roxanne's a great, my brother named his, uh, first red Australian cattle dog Roxanne. I had a feeling it was going to be a family it's a great pet. Name. It's it's a great name. So, Doug, do you mind the diminutive Roxy or? Oh the, no, there are people already using that. I, I kind of like it. Okay, cool. All right. Yeah, I like it too. Okay, good because you know, don't ever call me Darla. Do not ever call no one should ever call me. Do not call me Darla. No, you the closest Dar- you, you you are you a me- you, you, yeah you are a member of the sorority of leans, however, so. Yes, and Lean, Leany, which is the stupidest nickname I ever, and I've gotten some stupid nicknames over the years, but Lean, Leany, but do not call me Darla. And if anyone who is listening is named Darla, please don't take offense. It's it's a nice name, but I just, I see it as an entirely different name. I was about Even to say the very thing. It is, it is an entirely different name. No, apparently it, I looked it up, and apparently it is or can be the diminutive of Darlene. But I said, it, 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 Darla can be the diminutive of Darlene, and I'm like, oh, God, no, because I just don't see myself as a Darla. Darla is such a sweet, like, sounding, you know, like, uh, the, uh, what was that, um, you know, Spanky in the gang there, like Darla. Oh, yes, yes. <laughs> The brains of the outfit, you know, Darla. She was so, yeah, she was so, yeah, exactly. And she's so sweet and, and everything. And I'm just, I'm, that's not me. Anyway, so, Roxanne, I, the reason I'm calling is I am absolutely in shock that no one has met Steve from New York's challenge. And um, I could be really selfish and try to meet that challenge uh, so I could get those chocolates again. But I want to, Sweeten the deal. Oh. See what I did there? Yeah. Oh, okay. So, yeah. So whoever meets the $75 challenge, I will match that with another $75. And whoever does that, I will also throw down another $25 challenge in that person's name. So... Your $75 challenge will not only net you a total of $200 donated to the horn, but you're going to get these awesome Esther Price chocolates on top of it. And you know what? And the they test are is, really good. Yeah, the testimonies are pouring in. Nidia just wrote in and said, adding to Darlene's testimony about the Esther Price chocolates, Beyond exquisite. I had the dark caramel, and I normally don't like dark chocolate, but these were a luscious but not bitter combination of flavors. Thank you. Thank you, Nia. Exactly. Yeah, and the um, I I prefer the dark chocolate. I really do. And I think when I did this a couple of years ago, I asked uh, for Steve to, to send me the, I think it was, it was a dark chocolate almond bark. And I got the dark chocolate chips, too, and they were really good. But I remember that you and Steve both said better to get the um, light chocolate or the, um, what do they call it? Not dark chocolate, milk. but the milk chocolate. 
the milk chocolate covered um, chips. It tastes better with the chips. Uh, I think probably because of the sweet and salty. Um, because I think that the the milk chocolate's far sweeter than dark. So I next time around I'm going to try that. But um, yeah, so that's my offer: seventy five dollar matching to whoever takes Steve up on his uh, challenge, and then I'll throw in another twenty five. Um, that is uh, terribly. That, uh, that's terribly, terribly summer. sweet. See what I did there? Well, yeah, I see what you did. You know, and think about it, folks. If you're listening to this program every day, think about, you know, you haven't donated or you haven't donated in a while. Think about, you know, tuning in at 5 o'clock and Robert not being there or Roxanne not being there. Either of us. You know, um, that would be awful. So, um, yeah, that's. That's the reason I called in, and um, you know, and the Esther Price. There's a history there. You know, they're they're an established chocolatier, from what I understand, in in Ohio, in Dayton, I think. Yes, Dayton, Dayton, Ohio, and there's a history there. Yeah. Um, and that's Steve. So and that's Steve's old stomping grounds. Yeah. So there you go. So that's that's basically, you know, that'll get you two hundred bucks, um, which. I'm doing the math, right? Um, yeah. And somebody's going to get, like, God, they're going to get everything doubled in, in another 25 well, I think, bucks. I think, we, I, think we, I think we know who's going to get it. Uh, oh. Yes. Oh. Kevin in Colorado Springs. Uh, just, uh, oh, right, Kevin. Oh, Kevin, you're going to love these. Now Now, what you got to do, Kevin, is you got to make your choices. You gotta, you gotta choose between the cashew bark, no cashew brittle, cashew brittle. God, I love mm. cashew brittle, the chocolate covered sea salt mm. caramels in chocolate uh, darker milk, the potato chips in darker milk, or the chocolate bourbon mm. cherries in darker milk. Mm. And the bourbon cherries do mm. sound. Here comes pun intoxicating. I feel confident you could not get well, wasted on those cherries, but yeah. No, hmm. well, you could. <laughs> you get a lot of them. Um, so the Kevin in Colorado Springs twenty-five dollar challenge is now on the table. Yes, and if somebody, so congratulations. Yes, and Kevin. If some, yeah, and Kevin, if someone meets that twenty-five uh, that Darlene has put mm. forward in your name and in your honor, uh, we will be. Uh, let's see, where is it? Uh, yeah, we'll be down to. Um, Five seventy, five seventy. So. That, oh, that's awesome! That's great. Yeah. That um, is so good. And you know, I'm thinking back, and I think it might have been the cashew brittle that I had. I love cashews. <gasps> See, we lost something here, Darlene. We had a little Ben Franklin store that had been family run. Um. Mm-hmm. And it, they they carried all these wonderful Amish products. You know, in Amish industry type stuff. You know, from like Ahia again, um, pickled sausage, pickled bologna, pickled corn, pickled green beans. You know, if it if it if it grows, moves, or squeaks or oinks, Amish people will pickle it. Uh, beets, mm. asparagus. I mean, just deli- and, but back by the cat, and it's all gone now. And. Fayettevillians, yeah, Fayettevillians. I mean, the, the the folks ran it and ran it and ran it, and they were just done. They didn't want to sell it. They just wanted to close up and wrap up business. And that was their right. 
but back by the back by the back checkout counter, like something from fifty years ago, they had one of those. How do I say this without it being a double entendre with a, with, a, with, a, with a community that loves double entendres? They had a nut warmer and cashews, peanuts, almonds, and they were there under that warm lamp, and they were salty and oily, and you could, you know, get a scoop of them, a pound of them, whatever, and and all oh, the cashews, oh, the warm cashews, and mm. yeah. We lost a lot when we lost Ben I would Franklin. Say, yeah, you lost. And, you know, I, it's always heartbreaking when that happens. I will say, though, I, I do have um, in my town, I think it would give Esther Price a run for their money. But I do have, we do have in my town uh, a chocolatier, um, a chocolate company called Thorncrest. Um, and they are, oh, my God, they're so good. And their cows are treated better than most humans. <laughs> Everything is zen. The barn is set up so that, you know, it's like, it's like no stress level because the woman and the man and uh, the husband and wife will own it. Like she is so experienced with this stuff. She can taste the, when the milk is produced from the cows. She can, she can taste when it's not right. And she had a situation where um, th- she she made the chocolates with the milk. She had to dump them all out because she said something was wrong. There's stress hormones in the milk, but she could tell from the taste of it. And it was because they put um, one of the cows, uh, the, the cow that she had milked, with another cow that they didn't, they weren't getting along. <laughs> and it was stressing out the milk-producing cow. So they had to separate them, and everything was fine. And so it's amazing. It's such an art to it. It's such an art. Um, it's an art form making chocolates like that, like the gourmet. And oh, seasonal without a doubt, chocolate. yeah. Oh, so congratulations, Kevin. Um, I'm glad. I'm glad this uh, we were able to make this work. And before I hang up, I I wanted to mention. I don't know. Did you hear about the uh, lawsuit? Um, in New Jersey against um, uh, uh, Anina Habadaba and her partner, her um, another. Uh, wait, partner. Is, wait, is this another one? Because she just recently yeah, settled a so, sexual harassment or or toxic work environment case. Oh, it was it was ethnic ethnic harassment. Um. Well, this one is coming out of Bed Monster. Well, now. Um, yeah, so... Oh, it doesn't hurt um, too little. Yeah, so this one is coming out um, from a former employee. Her name was Elise Bianco. And she worked at Bedmonster and hired an employment lawyer to go after her supervisor there at Bedmonster. First name was Pavel. Pavel Melanchek or Melanchek, he sounds very Slavic, like Russian, you know. Um, and she's claiming that that he um, um, that, that he sexually harassed her um, day in and day out, um, and that um, she 
was going to file a lawsuit against uh, against uh, Bed Monster. So Helena Habadaba gets word of it, and in the lawsuit that this um, Elise Bianco is now bringing, she's claiming that uh, Habadaba groomed her. So Elena Habadaba. I don't know if I'm saying the name right, but she she befriended her and manipulated her, interfered with her, uh, the attorney-client um, relationship between Elise Bianco and her employment attorney. She um, bad-mouthed the attorney, um, undermined his reputation, told her not to respond to email messages or text messages to the point where I believe that the employment attorney fired Elise Bianco as his client. And then she snuck right in with, um, well, it's a good thing she um, she has experience as being a parking lot attorney because she called her one one afternoon and said, meet me in the parking lot on your break. (laughs) And just as a quick side note, what the working conditions are like there um, at, at, you know, Trump's um, golf resorts. She, this Elise Bianco expressed concern that she couldn't break away because she only gets a 15-minute break out of her 16-hour workday. And so... Alina Habadaba turned around and said, don't worry, I'll talk with the general manager, you'll be fine, there won't be any repercussions if you come talk to me in, in my, my car, which she calls the G-car. Anyway, um, long story short, she convinced her to take a severance and to sign and Non-disclosure agreement. There you go. And so Elise Bianco, not the brightest bulb in the box, did all that, left the employee of Bed Monster. Um, just before when she went to sign all the documents at Elena Havadala's, um law office, the partner showed up, her partner, Michael something, um, and asked, oh, does, does her employment attorney get uh, a cut of the severance? Okay, so he was somewhat clueless about the details of this. And reportedly, Helena Havadaba said, no, he gets nothing because I'm a fantastic lawyer. Oh, she's a hot mess, isn't she? She is, and she told Elise Bianco that the severance would, would would be tax free to her. That she would not be charged um, any taxes on. It. I guess that Bed Monster would handle it because she was doing something for two good friends of hers, Elise Bianco and Donald Trump. Well, Elise Bianco realized. After, you know, she kind of started to catch on that she had been had when she got a tax bill. So she contacted her good friend. Oh, what a a scam. And said, 
I have a question for you. And she goes, I can't, I can't, I, you know, I can't um, give you any legal advice because all along she wasn't acting as an attorney. She was just acting as a friend. Even though the signing took place in her law office and the partner was asking questions and stuff like that. And so, at least in, I'm being charged taxes. You said I wasn't going to have to pay any taxes on the severance. And what does she say? She goes, I, I don't know. Talk to payroll. I have no clue. I got to go now. I got to go to the meeting. Bye. I got a, I got a so, thing. I got a thing to go to. Yeah, bye. I hear my future fourth Good husband friend. calling. So, so... At least Bianco apparently got a very good law firm this time, very good, um, and um, is filing a lawsuit in in a Jersey court asking for the severance fact, the severance agreement, and the the non disclosure agreement to be um, ruled invalid. And oh, by the way, her new attorney is saying the NDA violates Jersey law anyway, and. They have also asked for the court to refer Helena Habadala and her partner and the law firm to the New Jersey Bar for disciplinary action. That was what I was waiting to hear because this doesn't just sound like a, a, a suit that lies in tort. This sounds like a suit, that, well, not even a suit. This sounds like a rather hot potato of a bar complaint. Exactly. And, I mean, what is being alleged is so egregious in terms of the ethical violations of Elena Habadaba, I, 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 I'm wondering if she's going to be able to keep her license because this is really bad. She interfered with a privileged, you know, attorney-client relationship um, with this. Well, again, at least Bianca's not, 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 not the brightest bulb in the box, but just all the other sleaziness, misrepresenting herself, basically acting as an attorney but not really you know, getting her to sign some sus- you know, these suspect documents, all of that. And this is probably, this is a primer. It's going to be a primer to a much bigger lawsuit. So if she, if this Elise Bianco is able to get this under her belt and the court to agree, you know, more than likely she's going to sue Donald Trump, Bed Monster, and Elena Habadaba big time. And throwing in probably intentional infliction of emotional stress on top of it because, you know, here she is, a sexually abused woman, and this this bitch is taking advantage of this. This lawyer, Helena Dabahabadaba, is taking um, advantage of her, um, and, you know, when she is um, vulnerable. Vulnerable. So um, it should be interesting to see how that will um, how that will all pan out. But it's the same old, same old, right? You know, sure. And, and, and and I, I hate to, you know, I hate to, you know, make broad brush, but it's where we are. The bottom of this suit is sexual harassment by the yeah. by by the. Uh, uh, what the bar manager? The Russian spy. <laughs> yeah, uh, pa- yeah, Pavel, Pavel Melchior, the food and beverage yeah. manager, and then Elena Habana 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 steps in and says, "Oh, well, here, 
sign this NDA? I've been, I'm a rape victim myself, and you have a past. Apparently, she brought the receipt. Elise Bianco has text messages, emails. She's got everything. It's all backed up. I don't see how she's going to wiggle her, her, her self out of this one, you know? And, and she and her husband have liens up the wazoo. Apparently, her husband owes like a million dollars to something. He's got a million dollar lien on on his business or something. And she the parking like garages. The, the, the whole yeah the whole the whole reason dollars. the whole reason she is yeah. uh, the, the, the whole reason she is counsel for the parking garage is she got it because she married the guy who owns the parking garage company. <laughs> and and I hate to put I, I like hate, her shit. I hate to put it that way, but you know, if it if it if it honks like a goose and steps like a goose, it's a maggot. And she's just oh yeah, oh she's awful. She's gross, and uh, you know, and she's uh, partying it up with that that awful gar- gargoyle woman and oh Kimberly that, Gargoyle. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so I gotta so so, so so yeah, you don't wanna know mm-hmm. this. You don't wanna know this, but I've got a Kimberly Gargoyle story. And it's also <laughs> a Yeah, no. It's and it and it's also a uh uh a, 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 a Trader Tot Junior story. And okay, it's well okay, I'm just, all right. Well, I haven't had dinner yet, but go ahead. Go ahead. Well, uh, Trader Tot and Kimberly Gargoyle were at a Christmas party, you know, celebrating the birth of uh, the Prince of Peace and everything. And someone named Adam flew from Alaska Stan to Florida Stan for the Christmas party, which was, of course, at, I presume, Magaloco. Where he presented a gift to Junior and Kimberly, which they then proceeded to pose with in a photo. It was the the, the technical term, the biological term, since we like to talk about biological is a baculum, B-A-C-U-L-U-M. Darlene, it's a penis bone from a critter that has penises that have bones. Raccoons are rather famous for them. And so, standing there, grinning at the camera like a fox eating shit out of a wire brush, Kimberly Gargoyle and Trader Tot Celebrating the Christmas season, peace on earth, goodwill toward men, while holding a boner. Literally. I'm sorry. You know, and I, I think I'm, I'm sorry. It, are you surprised, though? I mean, with her reputation when she was at Fox News, you know, basically doing dick measuring contests. Yes. And him with his his despicable shooting of of rare 
you know, animals, you know, like like uh, elephants and, and tigers and things that he could not, he wouldn't, they'd eat him before, or stomp on him before he could even get a shot off. But, you know, the guides and stuff will eat him um, on these safaris right to the poor animals and he shoots them and doesn't give a fuck. Oh, doesn't well, surprise me. Yeah, there, there was a, there was a story Christian some years back. Now. Yeah, there was a story some years back. Um, you know, he got caught. Don Jr. did. Um, he'd been lost in a he'd been lost in a wilderness, and well, he uh, in order to survive, he had to kill a spotted owl and eat it. You know, they're protected species. And they he, he got hauled in and charged, and the judge asked him at uh, at, at the arraignment at the hearing. He said, uh, "Well, I mean, why?" And he said, "Well, I was, was going to starve to death. I was lost." Junior said, "You know, I'm not a I'm not an outdoorsman. I, I only do this for publicity." And, and 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 the judge said, "Well, you know, it's understandable. You do what you can to survive. I'm going to dismiss these charges." And they looked at Don Junior and said, "So I'm just curious." What does spotted owl taste like? And Don Jr. looks at him and says, "Lot like bald eagle." Sorry, I went a long way for that one. I've told that joke before, but it just it just fits so perfectly within this little tableau. Uh, that's a good one, Roxy. Sounds a good one. And meanwhile, uh, su- sub- su- subject line trader tot Matt in San Francisco says. Uh, well, now I know what to get that hard-to-shop-for guy that has everything. Hard-to-shop-for. <laughs> really, Matt? Really? Yeah. This yeah. early in the program? Mm-hmm. Good one. But that's okay. Here's I, I started it. Well, I started it with the with the little nut-vending thing at Ben Franklin because Emilio said, I'm using... Mm-hmm. I'm using I'm using my nut warmer right now. Delicious. What What did I say? Followed by Matt. Who do, Who doesn't not love a mouthful? Matt! Who doesn't love a mouthful of warm nuts? <laughs> yeah. I'm so glad. I'm so glad we'll, we'll soon be coming up on 20 years of professional radio. Oh, God. And this is, yes, and here we are at. There is well, serious political um, analysis that goes on here. Just Absolutely. Not, absolutely. I mean, you know? just not exactly well, right now. Well, and speaking of serious political analysis, it looks like Biden is doing quite a bit of that because apparently he said he was, it sounds like he he's only running because because. He's, basically, he's trying to save us from Trump um, because he was asked yesterday and he said that, yeah, I've got to run because um, Trump is running. I, I, you know, so um, it sounds like if, if Trump was not running, he would have um, he wouldn't do another four years. I don't know if you heard that. Yeah, No, I, I did. I didn't. I didn't know quite what to make of it. I mean, um, you know, which I appreciate that he's. I, I, that, that, know, but, he's, but I mean, can we agree that's maybe not? Maybe that's that. that's not the best answer. 
That's an answer. I mean, it's probably the truth. Well, yeah, it it is. And somehow I don't think Dean Phillips is the answer. I saw a guy saying today, I I saw a guy saying today uh, on uh, social media that he thinks it would be a much stronger ticket if Biden would dump Kamala and and, uh, tap uh, Gavin Newsom. And I'm not an I'm not anti I'm not anti Gavin, but the fact of the matter is Kamala Harris has never lost a race, and I, I don't I don't I don't understand right. I don't understand the Kamala hate except outside of some sort of primal bone deep misogyny. Exactly, she's been doing a fantastic job. She's been doing a fantastic job. She's a, you know, she really took up or picked up the um, uh, Dobbs mantle. You know, going around the country, um, speaking out against uh, the overturning of Roe, um, and she, I think she's been doing a, a fantastic job. Unfortunately, it's the same thing as with most vice presidents. She also, you know, they, they tend to be sort of swallowed up into black hole of like nobody hears anything, but she's been doing, uh, she's been traveling around the country. And, um, I think another thing that happened that, um, I believe, uh, Klobuchar, uh, Amy Klobuchar mentioned yesterday, um, was that Kamala Harris now holds the record. Uh, for um, uh, as vice president for um, putting in her vote as president of the Senate, is that what, what um, uh, for passing, um, you know, getting uh, Joe Biden's um, and the Democrats? Yeah, casting, yeah, casting the, casting the, tie, yeah, the tie, casting the tie-breaking vote as the president tie-break. of the United States Senate. Yes, and she, I mean, she's way up there. Like, apparently she has. She I holds the record now. She holds the record now um, for, for casting that tie-breaking vote. No one's done it, done more than, than, than she has on that. So. Um, yeah, you know, I like Gavin. Um, you know, I like Gavin Newsom. He's very good, and he's easy on he's easy on my eyes. He is. He's easy on my eyes. You're not. And wrong. he's just so. He's very smart, and he's very capable, and he just you know buried the uh, Clantus. And you know, I I I wouldn't mind seeing him run for president one day. Or maybe vice president to Kamala Harris running for president. Um, but I, I agree. I don't understand what the hate is all about, except, you know, if you look at, well, you know, this country built on patriarchy and white male supremacy and everything else. Well, then I guess it makes sense. You know, they're attempting to Hillaryize her. Well, there's that. And Steve, um, and, and, and Steve, Steve in New York also points out, and this is accurate to, to Kamala hate whispering. She's black. Yeah. Uh, yep. Well, actually, she's a mixture. Right. She's black. She's Asian. She's, you know, she represents everything that this country is 
supposed to stand for um, being, you know, the so-called melting pot. And that when you look at her, her humble beginnings, I think she was raised by her, her mother, right? I think, yeah. uh, I don't know if the parents divorced her, but you know, um, yeah. So, yeah. You know, unlike, unlike Trump, she wasn't born with a silver foot in her, in her mouth. That was what Ann Richards said about, well, uh, yeah. about George Bush. Yeah. And, you know, and that's the thing too. I mean, um, honestly, our, you know, our legal system finally caught up or is finally catching up, but really our legal system let us down because, um, you know, if you, and if you look at people like, say, if you listen to people like Daniel, um, Daniel Moody, um, and other, um, people of color who speak out, um, they will say hands down that, you know, the, the justice system was devised to protect rich white men. And Donald Trump represents that because he is a perfect illustration of that because apparently our legal system had been investigating him since the 1970s. Yes, I mean there there had to be there had to be an investigation when he got popped for uh, via, he and his Klansman daddy got busted for uh, uh, violating the Fair Housing Act. Now imagine if he had been called out on his criming, which I mean this this dude started climbing the moment you know he he pulled his thumb out of his ass and you know could say, you know, mama, dada, you know, imagine if they, if, if our legal system truly was um, fair, balanced, or, you know, the, the justice is blind, imagine if he had been um, uh, charged and incarcerated sooner, you know, we might not have had a, um, a president, so-called president Trump. Well, you can, I mean, there's so many opportunities to dive down the, uh, for want of a nail, the shoe was lost, for want of the shoe, the horse was lost, rabbit hole. If, yeah, if, uh, right. uh, if, if New York now, hadn't, yeah, if New York hadn't finally, treated him as but, like some sort of an, you know, an embarrassing uh, sideshow clown, Instead of the wannabe mob boss that he is, and 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 becomes more of every day. I mean, he was uh, he had to he had to go back to court today in Manhattan, and he was screaming about Letitia James again. Right, right. Well, you know, what do they say, right? If you, if, if, if you I mean, don't have a law on your side, pound on the facts. If yeah. You don't have the facts on your side, pound on the law. If you don't have either. Pound on the table. Pound on the table. And so... And he's been doing a tremendous amount of table pounding. Oh, it's it's nothing but table pounding. This has been a bad day for him. Yeah. So in this particular uh, clip, he's standing outside courtroom 300 in Manhattan. Uh, Alina is standing behind him with her eyes downcast um, and, and... Looking a little more like melanoma every day. I'm sorry, I'm not trying to comment on her appearance, but it's just weird 
this kind of metamorphosis yeah, and, and the, the, pout, the pouty yeah and the and the, the, the following pouty lips and all that stuff. yeah the, and, and the suit yeah. it's a pretty pretty pale pink suit uh, I would not hesitate uh, it's gorgeous it probably costs a fortune uh, but you know and then the barking and the grunting began as we have here again working that the feet is a little shoddy right now. Um, as far as getting the audio and the visuals up at this moment. We do have the audio. Let's listen. In. No matter all the evidence, that, ju- that judge is going to rule in her favor. He ruled against me before the case even started. I said we were a perfect guy. He knew nothing, and he ruled against me. The other thing is this. He valued Mar-a-Lago in Palm Beach, Florida, because that was good for her case. This place, she's a lunatic. The Attorney General sits here because she knows that she has a judge and no matter all the evidence, that that judge is going to rule in her favor. He ruled against me before the case even started. The case hadn't started. He knew nothing. And he ruled against me. The other thing is this. He valued Mar-a-Lago in Palm Beach, Florida, because that was good for her case. At a value of $18 million, when in fact it's worth anywhere from 50 to 100 times that amount. Nobody's ever seen anything like it. But just remember what I said at the beginning. We wanted the appellate division, and this judge refuses to honor that victory or that decision or that demand. Now, here's what's interesting, darling. There was another news story. Out of New York today. And he's talking about uh, we won at the appeals court. Oops, he lost at the appeals court today. The New York, uh, I guess mm-hmm. it's the Intermediate Court of Appeals. Uh, Steve sent me a, a, a precy earlier today on the structure of the New York court system. But today, the New York Court of Appeals. Uh, denied his request to stay or to overturn, for that matter, uh, Justice Ngoron's ruling in the summary judgment aspect of of the trial that says that uh, he engaged in pervasive widespread fraud in financial statements. And Lisa Rubin at MSNBC said what that means practically is that the provisions of the below order are enforceable and that if independent financial monitor Judge Barbara Lewis is the agreed-upon receiver, Trump and his co-defendants owe her a bunch of information and advance notice about their ownership structure and future activity. But I think it has more meaning than that, because it says appeals court judges. That means it may not, if this is in the intermediate court of appeals, as I suspect it is, and based on what Steve has told us in the past, um, it may not even make it to the highest appellate level in New York. That means the finding that he is a fraud and a perpetrator of fraud is getting perilously near final. Yeah. Which then means that whatever finding... And Goron makes about the disgorgement stands a solid chance of being upheld without modification. I mean, this is a big damn deal. 
It is. It is. They, they've asked him for a directed verdict again. And again, the court has said no. Uh, one, uh, the Daily Beast interviewed a retired New York judge who said that Alina Havana 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 Havana's uh, motion is a Hail Mary pa- pass. And the uh, the judge said she had never granted one in 35 years on the bench. Hmm. So this was I, I may be I may be misunderstanding uh, I may be misunderstanding what Steve said. He may need to clarify. But if the Court of Intermediate Appeals went three to nothing, he don't go to Albany. I presume that's where the New York Supreme Court of Appeals is. No, well, I think the, the the Supreme Court is a trial court level. I think there in New York. Well, no, the the Supreme Court the is Supreme the, Court the, is Supreme Court's the trial court. Then there's the Intermediate Court of Appeals, and yeah. then there is the Court of Appeal. I need to find Steve's email. Appellate, appellate court or something. It's it's a different yeah, but. I think Ed Gorin's already got that thing written. It's written. His decision's written. <laughs> you know, I don't think it's going to take him long to, uh, it's just how many zeros. Yeah. <laughs> until he, you know, until Justice Ed Goran gets a cramp in his hand. But, you know, like, I mean, finally, yeah, justice moves slowly. I mean, we're finally there, but it's terrible because it's an abusive system to the, Amer- to the American people, to the public, because here we are on pins and needles again. You know, we're right up against another election. This fucker is able to run for president. He shouldn't be able to run for president, but he's running for president. And we're like, you know, here we are again. You know, is he going to be incarcerated in time or not? You know, it's like I'm so tired of it, it, it's just it, it's just it's very stressful to be a United States citizen when you just don't have the system functioning as it should. You know, I guess eventually they get around to it, but we're right up against it. And, and, we and, and, we are, and we are, and we are, and we are, the country is traumatized as a result. Um, yes. And Steve just we're clarified things. Yeah. No, uh, Jan- January 6th? Not, no, we're not done with it. Yeah, well, in the COVID? Yeah. COVID? <laughs> uh, three to nothing. If it's three to nothing at the Intermediate Court of Appeals, Steve says he has to apply to go to the Court of Appeals from there, which means he can be turned okay. down. Which means he it ends. Be down, right. So it's yeah. not a, yeah, and, and you and, know he's going to do it. And, and so. Steve said, you know, people have very seriously wondered for all these years mm-hmm. if he's been an, an, an informant, given his propensity to escape justice. It, it, look, what was it? Uh, recently, he was sitting there babbling away about you know, if you're a fan of, crimes, of, of, of criminals, you know, Al Capone was the very best. They, they, they called the him Scarface. Scarface you know? 
And mm-hmm. Matt, Matt in San Francisco says, I'm no Trump fan, but you do have to give it to the guy. A 77-year crime spree and much of it on television. He's still walking free with Secret Service protection, no less. He's a very successful lunatic. Give him props there. And, well, uh, uh, that, that, goes, that goes to my point, though. It, we have a justice legal system that caters to assholes like that. Truth. If he, if he, if he had more melanin in his skin, you wouldn't be able to. You, you wouldn't no. be able to find him without dental records somewhere on Rikers Island. No. Exactly. So you know, I, I don't. I don't think I want to give him any kudos when basically the system was concocted and built to essentially give guys like him a pass. Well, uh, Matt continued. You know? Matt continued and said, "You're right about the lawyer lady. You know, Alina Havana Havana Havana." Matt said, I saw pictures of her in court sitting next to him, and I thought, my God, Roxanne's right. She could be Melanoma's little sister. We already know that Trump loves to tell women what they should change in order to be more beautiful in his eyes. Shudder. I'm waiting for her to blink twice to let us all know she wants out. (laughs) I think she's thrilled to be. I I think she's thrilled to be in that situation because... um, you know, I think it's the only way she she can probably haul her and her husband's ass out of financial ruin. But um, in terms of these liens and everything, but I think she's cut from the same cloth too. I think you know, she only has like the liens on her stuff is only like a, a few thousand dollars, and she won't pay it. She's you know, and when if it's the least Bianca uh, is um, you know, if, if everything she's saying is truthful, which I, it sounds like it is. Um, you know, in her lawsuit, um, she's as she's as sleazy and as slimy as, as as Trump. She's disgusting. So, um, and she's not. You know, she thinks she's a brilliant attorney. Oh <laughs> uh, well. Someday they'll make a know, TV show about me. Make, yeah, or I, I I can move on and 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 um. You know, like get get a Fox News anchor job. That's what she is buying. Greta Sustrin's long gone. Guaranteed. So, all right. Well, listen, Roxanne, I gotta take my um, my dog Mia outside. Oh, hi, Mia. Because um, I think she's gonna lose. She's gonna lose it all over the floor here if I don't. She had an episode leading into leading into um, Thanksgiving. She collapsed and. I thought she had died, like, in my arms. Of course, she peed all over me. It was like, oh. She said she she managed to come out of it. I, I was speaking with another friend, trying to get her to a, a, a doggy cardiologist. She had been to one a year and a half ago, um, but they're booking out until January. But um, something happened there, and um, my friend said the same thing, exact same thing happened to her. I was a heart attack. So, uh, and... They can, they do, she has a murmur, so um, these things happen to these kind of dogs, so I'm trying to get some, get her some meds and keep her as stress, keep her stress level down, um, but it was a scary, that was scary. Um, so yeah, so um, I'll demo you well, the, the, the matching donation, and um, you know, hopefully somebody meets uh, uh, Kevin. Ralph's, Ralph's did, Colorado. Ralph's did. 
Oh, good. Thanks, Rob. And so we awesome. are down. Yeah, we're actually down to. <laughs> let's see. Some, hang on, Harry. <laughs> Uh, 520. We're down to 520. All right. So thanks to Ralphs, and thank you, Kevin. And Kevin has made his selection. i got to send his address to uh, Steve. Um, He's going – Kevin is going all milk chocolate and no no cashew brittle. Cool. Enjoy. Absolutely. Darlene, uh, go go, go see to Mia. And you have a lovely nah, evening. Too late. Okay. Short peel all over the floor, so I gotta yeah. go do something. <laughs> so, so, so now it's clean up on aisle four. Yeah, it's clean up on aisle four. Yes, it is. All right, folks. Roxanne, talk to you later. All right, see you, Darlene. Bye. Not Darla. Darlene. Do we do we have a Darla? I think we used to have a Darla. Um. Haven't heard in a while, but, but yeah, we've had a Darla in the uh, Horn Family Community Congregation. Well, I knew this would catch on. Um, it, uh, Lou in PA subject line: Unlike, say, the value of Mountaineers or Nittany Lions tickets, the IRS has determined that the value of Mets season tickets is de minimis, such that they have no measurable value. See, for example, United States of America, Department of Treasury, Internal Revenue Service versus Stengel, Hoagland, Morton and Capone, 92, Guantanamo Bay, 99388-377-4665. Okay, you went to a lot of trouble for that, Lou. <laughs> you get a cowbell. <laughs> hey, Emilio, lay off of Kevin, all milk chocolate, die heretic. No, 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 no. We're not like that here. And... Steve, whose job is apparently keeping track of just exactly when this when when this program does go into the gutter, uh, Steve said, uh, um, "We've set a record this evening. The program's thoroughly into the gutter, forty-one minutes in, and that was twenty-five minutes ago." <laughs> But we, you know, Darlene and I have our fun. We all have our fun. But this is this is this is meaningful. At the very same, I I I, I, I warrant they, that Nitwit Nero did not know this ruling was coming down today. And at the same time that he's standing there barking and grunting outside the courtroom, calling the Attorney General of the State of New York a lunatic. The Court of Appeals in New York said, no, there was no error in Justice in Goron's finding via summary judgment that the defendant, Donald J. Trump, the Trump Organization, the Trump Boys, et al., are perpetrators of fraud. Uh, expect a 2 a.m. Uh, tripe on tripe social over that. Uh, stand by.
I was just checking the system. It said spam likely, but you never know when you might have an opportunity to put a Nigerian prince on the air and just have fun with him for a minute. But yeah, the fur flew last night and brain cells died in Tuscaloosa, Alabama as the uh, four people who are so far behind Nitwit Nero that they can't even see his dust engaged in a pageant. Chris Christie told off Wewek Ramaswamy And in the course of uh, anybody, anybody, what did he say? Anybody listening to you realizes in the first few, uh, first couple of minutes that you're, mo- you're 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 the most obnoxious man in America. And then there was some talk by Wewake about how his wife is a surgeon in and was going to be flying back to Columbus, Ohio on the red eye last night after after the pageant was over. Annette came in and, uh, in as I was making the horrible mistake of watching any of it. And, was, and she looked at me and said, is this, is this real? Like in really real? And yes, yes, it was. And we now know who, well... I guess WeWake is moving in on the inside uh, inside rail, trying to garner the monkey up uh, neo-Nazi vote because he cuddled right up to him and well uh, the uh, what's his name uh, the Nick Fuentes the uh, little neo-Nazi dweeb who thinks it's gay for men to have sex with women. I'm never going to stop mentioning that any more than I'm going to stop mentioning, you know, Nimrod Haley and Bonomo. And in fact, uh, WeWake got called out by Chris Christie for referring to the former South Carolina, Carolina governor as Nimrata Haley. And the question put to him was something on the order of, why can't you call her Nikki? She's been known as Nikki for years and years and years. And of course, WeWake is a neo-maxi Zoom dweeby. And he wasn't ready, and because the simple answer is, What's her name going to be on the ballot? Is there a requirement to use your actual legal name on in, 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 in the election laws of any of the several states? Because Nikki will have to be in quotation marks. But Nimrata is going to have to be in there somewhere. Of course, I don't know. Federal election law may control. I don't know. Oh, no. Are we going there? Brother Deacon Asa says, uh, oh, by the way, what a lovely... I am not going to do that to her. 
What a lovely singing voice Darlene has. So, too, you must be a damned alien. How would you otherwise justify your preference for chocolate-covered tater chips as opposed to chocolate-covered pretzels? Hmm. Oh, I know. You caught me. Um, but, no, Brother Deacon uh, asks that trenchant question. To wit, how much do you want to bet that Rama Smarmy also believes that a wet vagina is a disease? Oh, I, I, I think he and little Denny Drywife Shapiro are probably fast friends, although I think Weewex probably about two feet taller than little Benny. I can always tell when there's some, an ambulance or an emergency vehicle somewhere on the road because, bless their hearts, the local dogs that live outside hear it long before I do. And the minute they start the howling, the siren's not far behind. But they did uh, over on uh, my filthy morning habit. Well, let me let me back up to Wee Wake for a minute because uh, Vice was following the various and sundry white supremacists, neo Nazis, what have you, in real time, and Nick Fuentes was. Uh, just busting his buttons thrilled when Wewek Ramaswamy got behind the great replacement theory. The one that says that all the white people are going to be replaced by brown people. And it's all being done by the Jews. Because he did that. Vice said, Fuentes appeared visibly shocked that Ramaswamy went so far. He watched open-mouthed as Ramaswamy continued to boost wild conspiracies, telling thousands of viewers, Let's go! Fuentes was delighted. And apparently, cue balls, various sundry Nazis... White supremacists were all thrilled to hear. So that may that may cost Monkey up the the Nazi support that was originally enough to uh, get him past the finish line in his first term as governor. I know. Oh, and by the way, going back to the appeals court in New York, uh, the in upholding the finding, the finding was that there was widespread fraud. widespread fraud and that there was no issue of material fact or law that need that needed to be decided later it's a hell of a thing it's almost as though The case is, and the appeal is going to be DOA. Uh, speaking to Vice, Mike Rothschild, Rothschild, a researcher on conspiracy theories, 
said, When someone like Ramaswamy promotes great replacement and other conspiracy theories, he's platforming a violent and paranoid ideology to a mainstream audience. It's clear that he speaks the language of conspiracy theory believers, anti-Semites, and extremists. Many of these same people have embraced his candidacy. They'll embrace anybody who embraces them, you know. But again, note, one of the things that's going on in here with the Great Replacement Theory, and of course it's perfectly in line with uh, neo-Nazi, Nazi fascist thinking, is the de-whitening of Jewish people. Because it says that the Great Replacement Theory is that uh, the, the Jewish money uh, money Jewish interests are plotting to replace white people with immigrants. By definition, that means that the Jewish financial titans ain't white. You know, for years we've talked about the fluidity of whiteness on this program. There was a time when Irish people weren't white. When Italians weren't white. When whiteness was reserved for good God-fearing subjects of the English crown. And the occasional German, of course. Swedes, perhaps. The Dutch. Right. And, of course, I was right there this morning to... Uh, catch the catch the fun with the morning zoo crew at MSNBC. It's not clear what scenario they're thinking about. Right, and, and, and Willie, that is, you think about it, and again, it's just, it's a long shot now, but her pathway forward is to win New Hampshire. Yeah. I know a lot of people of her people are saying, well, you know, if she comes in second in New Hampshire, say, no, it's over. If she can win New Hampshire, and she's got a month to do it, and there, then there's, I think, a month between New Hampshire and South Carolina, then she has a month. We're all going to be circling that date, because if she beats Donald Trump, New Hampshire, and then in her home state in South Carolina, she goes into Super Tuesday with, with Wins Binder, and then anything's possible. If she loses her home state, it's over. And she's trailing badly in her home right. state. It's right now. She's got time. And if she wins New Hampshire, things certainly change. But even in her home state, the one she would have to count on to win, she's trailing badly to Donald Trump, who's popular there. Buried in all these polls, Molly, that we look at, these head-to-head Trump-Biden polls, Molly which are the little secret is, actually, Nikki Haley does better than any Republican against Joe Biden, if she could ever get there, right. where he's neck and neck with Trump, Trump-Biden, everybody's sort of within the margin of error. If you look at some of these polls, she beats Biden, actually, by five, six, seven points, to Joe's point about independents who are kind of fed up with both going, well, I could live with Nikki Haley. I mean, there are a lot of people I've been hearing from a lot of people, too, and I have a sort of more liberal friend group of people who are like, oh, if Nikki Haley could be the nominee. I mean, look, there's a long been thought this conventional wisdom that the only way that there's ever going to be a woman president is if she's a Republican. And she reads in a much more in a much less threatening way than a Hillary Clinton. We can get into that. But I do think for me, as someone who is like pretty woke as a feminist, so to speak, um, I really thought last night she 
she did really well. And I was actually kind of moved by Chris Christie. And I've been like the biggest Chris Christie critic. But I was actually kind of moved by him stopping the tape and being lovely. Mika, didn't you relate to that in a, in a so weird way? So I did. And I'll tell you why. Because, um, you know, I, I think that women can point out sexism and other things, ageism, whatever. Um, but when men do it as well, it's even better. Yeah. And uh, I appreciated it, and I thought, you know, it was generous. Mm-hmm. Didn't have to do it. Yeah. Could have. What? I mean, I, I know, I know. Chris Christie came riding to Nimrata Haley's rescue on, I presume, a Clydesdale or a Percheron. But we're talking about Chris Christie. Chris Christie's only redeeming value is the fact that he is talking the straight skinny to maggots who don't want to hear it. Uh, Matt in San Francisco, Nikki, uh, about that debate. What disturbs me is all this talk about Nikki Haley and how some people think the only way America will have a woman president is if she's a Republican. Well, that certainly is my nightmare scenario. I've kind of predicted it for a while. And there's a difference between having a woman president, any woman be president, and having the right woman be president. We had the chance with the right woman being president in 2016, but we're not going to relitigate that. Uh, Nimrata Haley would be no uh, no no greater a historical moment than if it was I wank a Trump or God forbid uh, Marsha Triple X Blackburn. Am I wrong? Uh, Matt continues and says, uh, "Help me out here." I'm the, am I the only person who thinks Nikki is an awful, evil woman, and I would not be surprised if she rubber-stamped uh, form camps for LGBT folks? You know, keep them <clears throat> concentrated. <clears throat> She's horrible. She is horrible. And if there had been any common decency whatsoever in any of those four, the minute that that ginned-up manufactured horse shit that is... Whatever shall we do with the trances was brought up. Well, when when we wake slimed Nimrata with a with a homemade sign that he held up, Nikki equals corruption, and they offered her a chance to respond. She said, "I'm not going to dignify that with a response." Well, the, the the questions were allegedly crafted by people at Fox News TV Radio Rwanda. And presumably nobody there had the common decency to say, this is a bullshit issue. Move along. This has no place in a serious political discussion in the United States. Or, or hey, go get real wild and say, uh, these are some serious fascist talking points you're, 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 you're going to ask questions about here. Are you sure you want to do that? And there does seem to be a consensus, uh, Matt, Stephen, New York, 
uh, Darlene, uh, David in South Carolina, Stan, what the fuck uh, is wrong with these people? Do any of them actually know about Nimrata and people really think she's better than Biden? Guess when the, I guess when the public is fed constant negatives about Biden, this happens. I know her, says David. I know her. She is, Matt, here's your validation, fucking awful. I mean, winning the governor's mansion in South Carolina is not an indication of being mainstream enough to be the president of the United States of America. It means that you somehow managed to keep the cats herded uh, long enough to keep South Carolina from starting another civil war. That's pretty much it, and I don't think I'm even starting a fight with David on that one. Uh, If she wins, Stephen New York says, anything. If she wins, anything. Monkeys, if she wins anything, monkeys will fly out of my butt. The skies are going to be blackened with flying monkeys, Steve, or perhaps browned. I don't know. And thank you, Reverbo. Reverbo with a note earlier. Havana, Havana, Havana. I always chuckle when you say her name that way, meaning counsel for the parking garage. I thought you might be too young to be aware of the great one. Oh, no, I'm not. That was one of Gleason's bits. I used to watch his show every week in the 60s. He really was a wonderful comedian, as are you. Reverbo, that is so kind. Uh, Oh, thank you, Darlene. You should give yourself a cowbell, Roxanne, for your Chris Christie riding on a Percheron or a Clydesdale crack. That was hilarious. I do love it when my little my, my, my little off the cuffs land. <laughs> that stupid had to be a Belgian or a Percheron or a Clydesdale. It take a little while to get going, especially under load. Ha! <laughs> you go, Robin says Todd. Deal with history and facts. Trying, trying, but M- Molly and Mika. Uh, were, uh, I, I think they were trying to be generous, but today's today's installment of the Morning Zoo crew was a little problematic. Let's finish the clip. I've left her standing alone to all of this, but he kind of pointed it out and put a full stop on it. And yes, she can do it for herself. She's already proven that. Um, she's taken down that Ramaswamy guy many times uh, to massive applause in these debates. I think it's gotten to the point where everybody needs to sort of point out what they see. And I thought what Chris Christie did sort of reminded me about sort of what I tell women in you know my, my Know Your Value community. We have to have a voice, but we also have to have a very open mind to men who step up for us because Mika honey Chris Christie's not stepping up for you us Chris Christie is an anti-abortion dude bro too he's not stepping up 
But again, we're at a place in history where, and we've talked about this in relation to Liz Cheney, don't get mad, but Liz Cheney is a national hero because she simply honored the terms and conditions of her oath and office. And in the modern Republican Party of the mid-third decade of the 21st century, that's a big damn deal. But Chris Christie as a champion of women's rights? Por favor. Because that's part of it, you know, and I, I think it was great. I think yep. it was great. And, Joe, you and I have talked a lot about this. I know it's sort of a southern thing. What you're talking about is there as well, and I understand that. But I, it meant a lot to me uh, when he did that. Yeah, it, it really did. And uh, one man who's always stood up for me, Jonathan Lemire. Jonathan. <laughs> chivalry is not dead. Yeah, chivalry is not dead. Even It wasn't chivalry. It, it was the pointing rougher, out stupidity. In the rougher parts of Boston proper. <laughs> uh, so, um, so uh, John Lemire, uh, obviously, Nikki Haley does better against Biden. Uh, than any of the other candidates. Uh, is the White House looking at that? You know, I, I still have to think that they're keeping their powder dry on Bonomo. This is just a little radio program, so we're going we're gonna to talk about just making sure that some little handful of us, kind of like Fahrenheit 451, you know, you over there, you're, uh, you're, you're Hamlet, and, 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 and you over there, uh, you are... Uh, uh, you are uh, the poetics of Aristotle. You got to memorize them because man, we burn books now. We ban them. We burn them. Whatever. And uh, you over there, you're Bonomo. I feel seen. Job is to make sure somebody remembers her stirring defense of Bonomo. What's next, Roxanne, says Matt. You're not wrong, Matt. Nikki threw the first brick at Stonewall. Damn right she did. And I need, I need to check in uh, because I'm really too white to say this. And by that, I'm not, ta- I'm, I'm not talking I'm, I'm, I'm talking about I am really too white to say, you know, remember me, burns under the refrigerator bulb, that girl? Uh, I swear, I swear Nimrata's getting whiter. And the, and, and, and I understand some of the ethnic, uh, the, the, the ethnic, uh, Components of the Indian subculture, uh, all the way from the Aryans to the Dravidians. Um, but I swear, and now maybe, and, and again, not commenting on her appearance, but you know, you, you you put you put your fashion choices together, and 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 then you do your makeup plot and. I swear she was wearing a shade shade of uh, Estee Lauder double wear. I mean, I have to buy the palest foundation they have. 
to even get something close to a skin match. Uh, I know Jessica and Minnesota knows exactly what I'm talking about. Uh, and she was wearing white-ish. But the distinction between Wiwek Ramaswamy, who pointed out he comes from the same Hindu heritage that Nimrata did, only she forswore her faith in order to become a Christian so she could be an American politician 20-some-odd years ago. I mean, you Really? Is there anybody who thinks that you can be a politician in the state of South Kakalaki? And not be a Christian? I mean, I don't even know if, I don't, I, I, you know, the first Democratic primary is going to be South Carolina because of the strength of the, uh, of the Democratic Party there, driven largely by the black community. Not exclusively, but largely. And mm, I don't think there are in, even any nation of Islam black Muslims, in, uh, if, if there are, tell me, or any just general Muslim black folks in government in South Carolina. She had political ambitions, and she knew she had to be a Christian of some form. And so they got into they got into it over that last night. I'm not questioning what, what did he what did he say? I'm not questioning the authenticity of your faith, but I am questioning the timing of it. Something like that. I'm paraphrasing it. I'm getting it wrong. But he's such a hopeless dweeby. But I. David in South Carolina, Stan, you've, you, 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 you do, you, you know Nimrata. Is she getting paler? I mean, is this a... I feel so creepy saying this. Is this a passing for white thing? She's got her a nice... Uh, Anglo, Scots, Irish, whatever uh, last name. She's made Nimrata, tried to make Nimrata disappear. And I, I guess it's a third rail and you can't talk about it. But, well, I guess I kind of can. I, I don't. Hmm. Nikki threw the first brick at Stonewall. Of course she did. And it was a white brick. I was pleased today uh, when I was watching my filthy morning habit to see that somebody smartened up and finally. For the first time in a long time that I've, I've seen, uh, booked Anand Giridardas, who always brings um, serious analysis, and, and I was impressed today. And it kind of goes to the the uh, conversation I was having with Darlene, where uh, 
we, we, we talked about the trauma that this country has been in for nine years or more over the dissent and the full-throated endorsement, dissent into and full-throated endorsement of fascism by the nominal remains of the Republican Party. And Anand Giridardas today said that the problem is that we don't really have a serious pro-democracy movement in the United States. We have an anti-Trump trauma movement. We have a save whatever is left movement. But we don't really have a full-throated defense of the idea of democracy. And that hit a resonant chord with me. Your thoughts are, of course, welcome. We're at the uh, little past the halfway point of the program this evening. Knock wood. Yeah, we're still streaming. The wonders never cease. But thanks to uh, everything that Steve and Darlene did and Ralphs and Kevin, uh, that is... uh, Yeah, like I said, we're down from, goodness gracious, uh, trying to do, I'm trying to do all the ciphering in my head. We're actually down from 740 to 440 to go. So that means $140 more, and we're funded all the way through yesterday, and we're just talking about today. So thanks for doing that, and uh, Kevin, I hope you enjoy. The, I hope you enjoy the uh, chocolates. They are, without a doubt, I'm sure, delicious. But as I said, they were a touch problematic today because. They went off on um, the whole, and, and if you didn't see it, it was it was gross. The House hearing where uh, where the college presidents were. Taken to task by Elise Stupidnik.
And so what happened is that uh, the entire panel jumped on the bandwagon alongside Elise Stupidnik and the maggots decrying these college presidents who are having to deal with diverse student bodies and college students who sometimes say, oh, let's, let's, let's check a little list off here. Dumb, stupid, uninformed, hateful, vulgar speech because it's a college campus. I mean, I wonder what it would uh, if it if it had been a matter if 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 somebody if some, somehow uh, the panel had been transported back to say 1968 and had witnessed some draft card burnings at Harvard or Stanford or dear old Yale or Penn if they would have been fulminating like this. And, of course, the, the college presidents tried to answer with nuance questions that were, to get Shakespearean, a tale told by an idiot. I'm asking you a yes or no question, said Elise Stupidnik, proceeding then to ask a question that could not be answered with either yes or no. Uh, and, and, and I also went to Harvard... And see, this is the part that I found most disgusting. The the, uh, the maggots went all in asking questions of all of the college presidents. This was nominally a hearing about anti-Semitism. They went on and on for five hours, and the college presidents, uh, at least two of whom were women, bore up under the uh, the, under the uh, entirely ignorant, stupid assault with more grace than uh, with more grace in their little fingers than is 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 embodied by the entirety of the Republican carcass. In the house. But one thing became glaringly obvious over the course of those five hours. And that was that Elise Stupidnik, who, uh, to whom other members on the panel deferred their time, is really, really, really pissed off that the president of Harvard... You remember what Steve in New York said a minute ago, a few minutes ago, about uh, why people are so mad at Kamala and want her to be replaced? You know, she's black. Well, the same thing was on display in this hearing. Claudine Gay, president of Harvard University, first black woman ever to hold that position, to the best of my knowledge was remorselessly grilled by Elise Stupidnik. 
Uh, sure. Uh, the other presidents caught a little bit of the heat, but most of it was directed exclusively to her. And they wanted her to take full personal responsibility for students who chanted from the river to the sea or chanted the word intifada and did that speech violate the school's code of conduct? And then with a real gotcha they said well, if the Klan came here and called for the murder of black people, I'm sure you'd be outraged. And then you'd do something about it. The, 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 the implicit accusation being that Claudine Gay is an affirmative action hire. She's only there because she's black. She's a, some poor up-and-coming college administrator who's white and male has been denied his chance <laughs> at, at, at success and reaching the pinnacle of achievement because Harvard wanted a black woman so they could check off black and woman and say it was history. But it's not history, it's herstory. Virginia Double X Fox, whom we've been talking about for rather a long time on this program, who is, I think, 81 years old. She's too old! Same age as President Biden. No, never mind. There's, a, there's 81 and there's 81. She's spry! Well, Virginia Double X Fox, who couldn't find Harvard University with... Um, a pack of G a, a GPS, a pack of Louisiana prison hounds, and both hands said that uh, Harvard is, uh, in her words, ground zero for anti-Semitism. And it went on like that. And the word genocide was bandied, bandied about quite liberally, broadly. Bless his heart, Bobby Scott of Virginia, who is the ranking member uh, from the Democratic Party on that committee, said, to be clear, this discrimination is nothing new. Any student of history knows that it did not start with the October 7th attacks or diversity, equity, and inclusion initiatives or any one new event. My colleagues would do well to recall this country has a centuries-long history of racism and white supremacy. And he's right. How long ago was it that the first woman was admitted to Harvard? How long ago was it that the first black woman was admitted to Harvard? How long ago was it that the first black human being at all was admitted to Harvard? 
It ain't that far in the distance. Uh, Pamela Nadell from American University was there. Sally Kornbluth from MIT was there. Um, Ms. Nadell, President Nadell, Professor Nadell of American University was the only witness that de- Democrats were allowed to call. And the maggots weren't really interested in them being, you know, white. No, it was all it was all about Claudine Gay. Elise Stupidnik demanded, by God, demanded that Claudine Gay resign right here and right now from her position as the black president of Harvard. And so uh, she said using the word intifada on Harvard's campus was the same thing as, quote, Harvard students calling for the mass murder of African Americans. You're president of Harvard, so I assume you're familiar with the term intifada, correct? I wonder if she would have asked a white person if they knew what the word intifada meant. Well, Claudine Gay said, yeah, she knew. And then Elise Stupidnik proceeded to lie and said, Then you understand that the use of the term Intifada in the context of the Israeli-Arab conflict, the Israeli-Palestinian conflict, the the Israeli-Hamas conflict, Elise, is indeed a call for violent armed resistance against the state of Israel, including violence against civilians and the genocide of Jews. And giving the only answer that really she could give because she's not responsible for what other people say. She said, that type of hateful speech is personally abhorrent to me. She also said some of the students had used thoughtless, reckless, and hateful language. But you see, and this is where politics makes strange bedfellows. What, in in this performative virtue signaling that the maggots were engaging in, what they were doing was showing, nominally showing Merca, that they really care about Israel. Mm -hmm. At the same time that those same House Republicans have been blocking the military aid that the Biden administration and and most Democrats desperately want to send to Israel. We're using the the Brzezinski pronunciation again here, just so you know. And so what they want is full-throated fascist suppression of speech. Speech that they don't like. 
the guy from the ADL was on a little bit later, and he said, my heart breaks for every Palestinian civilian that is killed. Passive voice there. The passive voice is always a tell. Is killed. That puts the onus of being killed on the per- on the dead person, not the person doing the killing, or perhaps the state doing the killing. And so Elise Stupidnik uh, continued and said, by God, she wanted to know, is there going to be any punishment for students who use the word intifada or have chanted from the river to the sea? And all Claudine Gay, president of Harvard, could do was respond with intelligence and dignity. When speech crosses into conduct, that violates our policies against bullying, harassment, or intimidation, we take action. We have robust disciplinary processes that allow us to hold individuals accountable. And it's done on an individual basis, case by case, with some degree of respect for Privacy, because these are adversarial disciplinary processes. And President Gay did say disciplinary processes are underway. But God, it went on and on and on. The word genocide was thrown around like Mardi Gras beads in February in New Orleans. But back there on the set of my filthy morning habit, they were being a little bit oblivious. Because at the same time they were they were picking up Elise Stupidnik's talking points and running with them as if they were made in good faith. They were not. And joining in the genocide talk. They were as silent as a graven image about the fact that those very self-same House Republicans had sat in a hearing demanding that some of the most marginalized people in the United States of America be erased. Erased. Driven from public life. You know, the transes. And there was a lot of fourth grade, you know, they battled a lot of fourth grade biology and they had that one grifter, uh, uh, Riley Gaines on there. The irony of having a woman with a male first name not lost on me. And at one point in time, Comer Pyle told her that uh, you're the greatest swimmer in women's swimming in the entire country of the United States of America, the greatest country in the history of the world on earth now today in the universe under God forever. Amen. 
Riley Gaines became famous because she was hired by a tax-exempt grift to bleat and babble about her how her future was stolen from her because she tied for fifth place with Leah Thomas. Fifth place. Not first, not second, not, not third. Leah Thomas is a biological male! Leah Thomas has less testosterone in her system than Riley Gaines does. Not saying. Just saying. And four cis women beat the living hell out of Riley Gaines and Leah Thomas in that swim meet. But Comer Pyle said she's the greatest college swimmer in women's college swimming in America. Pro tip. Comer Pyle. If you're going to do that, if you're going to say someone is that, you might want to actually know a little bit about the sport. Well, I mean, uh, I got got my agricultural degree from Western Kentucky University. I mean, don't they just, uh, they put on their little swimsuits and they jump in there and they splash around a little bit and then they give out ribbons and trophies and shit, right? Odd thing about that hearing, Steve in New York notes, they didn't ask about the word jihad. At least I don't think so. I suspect they didn't because someone could have said something like the English analog is crusade, which is the word Christians use to presage their war against Muslims during the <clears throat> crusades. And it can also mean in Arabic a, a, a personal internal struggle in a search for betterment. Uh, devotees of the works of Frank Herbert will know that back in the 1960s when he was crafting his Dune series, um, peppered his work with the word jihad. The Butlerian jihad, among other things. Uh, but your point is well taken, Steve. And uh, Cynthia, uh, whose lunch I fear we ruined out in the Bay Area, uh, said, eating lunch here, but had to put this thought out. Regarding us transesses, who the pigs love to hate, not to mention the Dawkins types, who say that sex is binary, pure, and simple. You know, I don't know what my own chromosomes look like, said Cynthia, but let's just stipulate their XY, and not some other combination. So what? So what? So fucking what? Tell me I'm wrong, but our chromosomes are blueprints to make us. A roadmap for our development from the blastocyst and beyond. So what if you planned a car trip from, I don't care, New York to San Francisco, and you drew out a map with planned stops all along the way while planning to arrive in San Francisco at a specific date. And since you'd put together this great map, you take it with you, and it's the only map you have. Now, somewhere along your trip, you see a bridge collapse right there in front of you. 
and you have no choice to turn up but to turn off somewhere and try to make your way without any additional info. And somewhere else, the road was washed out in a flash flood, and you have to try to find your way again, detouring through who knows where. Will you get to San Francisco okay or end up somewhere else with the time you'd planned for the trip? Or maybe you were building a building from a nice set of blueprints that someone spills a whole pot of coffee on a key page. And someone else, being smart, put out their cigarette on a key page burning or obliterating key info to build the building. Are you going to be able to build it as originally designed? Stuff can go wrong, and it isn't your fault, but you get to live with the result. So, Cynthia asks, question a lot of us have asked, who knows why I'm trans? I didn't choose it. I just am. Maybe a bridge got washed out or someone spilled coffee on my blueprints, and this is how I ended up. And yet the pigs hate, hate me for it. Pigs. Pigs all. Here, here, Cynthia. And frankly, chromosomes aren't destiny. If DNA was destiny, God only knows who I'd be. Probably racist AF. For starters, a lot of that in my background. Somewhere in this studio, there is a photograph. There it is. I can lay hands on it right now. Of a huge Klan rally in the early 1920s in Oak Hill, West Virginia. Hooded Klansmen gathered in a circle across blazing, some of them astride horses. And somewhere in that group is my grandfather. It's a quarter of my DNA. Possibly some portion of my blue eyes. My height. The only time I've ever been to a Klan rally was to protest their very existence. So, there's that. But you're right, Cynthia, you're right. And of course it goes back, it goes back to what I've said time and time and time again. Understanding is overrated. Acceptance is the coin of the realm. And no one is harmed by my existence, Cynthia's, Jessica's, Miss Terry's, or any of the other trans people in this community or anywhere in the United States. But we're awfully easy to beat on, and that was the whole point of what I, uh, why I was sort of gobsmacked by the discussion this morning. Throwing around the word genocide completely and utterly oblivious to how they begin, especially in the hands of fascists who tend to be more fond of genocide than most anybody else. Not exclusively, but more so. Tiny little marginalized groups with no power to defend themselves. 
and not particularly the darlings of any given culture. The Germans weren't going to start on, say, um, the relative handful of virtuoso violinists. They were going to start on someone and say, hey, look, Germany will be better off. And then you add in the other undesirables. You come after people who are differently abled. Or you come after people who aren't sufficiently of your nationality, think the Roma. And all along the society, the culture, yeah, we can do without those two. Don't like looking at them anyway. Yeah, send them off to a camp somewhere. And then it gets serious. And the trade unionists go. And the communists go. And the socialists go. And the social democrats go. Anybody who could stand up, anybody, anybody with a voice, this is the whole this is the whole Martin Niemöller thing, okay? And then comes Kristallnacht. And there's no way they can be oblivious to this reality. didn't start with Kristallnacht. Kristallnacht was the hard opening. The soft opening came years before when they poured gasoline on books and records and set fire to them in the night and danced around them zigheiling each other. Just like what fascists want to do in the United States of America to this day, at this hour. So, thank you. Thank you, Cynthia. Professor Gay, Stephen, New York, says, what I wish she would have said with full awareness that black folks only have three-fifths the right of free speech that white folks do. I know what intifada means. Do you? Because intifada, in the context of, say, the late 80s, into the 21st century meant Palestinian kids throwing rocks at Israeli soldiers and Israeli soldiers shooting them dead in the process. Rocks lose against bullets. And Steve adds, Elise Stefuknik blathers in a hearing. Meanwhile, hundreds have died in the last 24 hours in Gaza. Thank you, Mrs. Blessed are the peacemakers. Yeah. Hey, thank you. Thank you, Shorty in L.A. Shorty just jumped in and got us down to uh, 365. Thank you, Shorty. That gets us uh, 65 uh, bucks more and we're done with funding for yesterday. Thank you so much, Shorty. Uh, Nimrata Haley, aren't the Iranians white, asks Randy Radar. Depends on who you're asking, because whiteness, as I said, is fluid. 
I think who you're asking about are the Aryans. The Aryans form the basis of the Persians, and the Medes, and also the Aryan incursion into the Indian subcontinent. A long time ago, that the Aryans, comp- but the Aryans also comprised, say, the uh, uh, oh, what was the what was the name of the royal house of uh, ancient Persian? You know, Cyrus and Darius and that bunch. Um, Oh, I used to have it on the tip of my tongue, but right. let's uh, let's run over to the stress line and see what's going on. Oh, wait one second. You're welcome, says Cynthia, and nice to know we both share that same blue-eyed ideology. <laughs> yeah, I can't wait till they start talking about eye color ideologies. That's gonna be fun. Somebody did a psychological experiment about that once upon a time. Hey, welcome to the program. Hello, this is Brown Eye Blue Eye. Ah, yes. Um, a husky, are you? No, that's the name of that experiment. Oh, yeah, yeah. that Yeah, Brown Eye Blue Eye. Or, or Blue Eye Brown Eye. I mean, it's those two. That, that is like something you can replicate. That's what's so interesting about that. Isn't that another one of those, isn't that another one of those, those experiments that they had to, I mean, this was in like a elementary school classroom, and kids got so nasty about it. Had to stop. That's it. where it started. Yep, but but it got expanded into a workshop. Like that's what like I've conducted workshops in how to eliminate implicit and explicit bias from workplaces, and that's one of the tools that we use. Uh, in that that workshop, you know what? I forget her name. I don't recall her right now. It really, I mean, and she did this back in, that was probably late 70s, mid to late 70s. <clears throat> but you see how easy it is. It just, it really, uh, wow, showed how easy it is to manipulate people. I mean, it was just like she had these kids brainwashed within, oh, less than two days. And um, I don't, I'm not. I don't want to spend your time talking, but people can look it up. Blue eye, brown eye, yeah. brown eye, blue eye. It's just a social science experiment. And um, the the key to any any social science is that when you can replicate it, there's something to it. Uh, so, but you know, <laughs> wow, you did you 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 are a master. You, you covered a whole lot of ground in a very. Uh, Strategic and gingerly fashion, I would say. Um, you know, because you brought up the caste system, and that's something I've been thinking about lately. I mean, not about, not necessarily about Namada, but you know, we'll start with her. And I know you don't have a lot of time, but you see, you remember some years back, India declared, "Well, there's no more caste system." This is probably in the eighties, and um, I remember saying to myself and other people, and we were like, "Oh, that's just bullshit." How, how are you just gonna? That, that's like saying there's no more Ku Klux Klan, or there's no more racism in America because we said so. That's it. So you know, the, the the caste mentality is very real in many cultures, and yeah, um, Nimrata. You know, she knows she has to, she doesn't want people to know she's Indian. 
she'd prefer to not think about that. And, and, and you know, I don't want to be misconstrued. Now, she did the right thing with the flag, but she is a consummate politician. And then she's good at it. She's really good at it. Well, and, and uh, Reverend Al said this much this morning. Oh, that was disgusting this morning. They got him a fucking nervous. Well, well but I mean, but, but, but uh, he, he got his, he got his, cl- he almost said exactly what you just said. He said he was out marching and protesting out in front of the South Carolina State Capitol after the slaughter at Mother Emanuel. And that Nimrata came out and said, why, Reverend Al, bless your heart. If I'd known you was out here marching in the heat, I'd have brung you in for some lemonade. And he said, I looked at her and I said, oh, you're good. You're very good. Mm-hmm. It was not a compliment yeah. coming from Reverend Al's mouth. No. Well, if she said that, they didn't, you know, that kind of, you got to be careful how you talk to people sometimes if you don't really know them. You know what I mean? Like, like we talk, but. I would say things to you I wouldn't say if we hadn't been talking for years. And yeah, I, I caught that. But so, yeah. And, and see, and I, I often hear Jehoshaphat, you know, they're always talking about how, how why, well, I don't the Arabs, I mean, why don't the uh, Egyptians and the surrounding um, Arab nations absorb this this population? And, you know, I have a lot of thoughts on that, but Maybe just like anywhere else, nobody wants poor people. You know, there's a, probably a caste system. I don't know enough about it. When I don't know something, I say I don't know, but I can speculate. I mean, if, if it happens everywhere else, it probably happens in the Middle East. It's probably a caste system because the other Middle Eastern countries, you know, uh, Egypt, their economy's not great, but they're not Gaza. Jordan's got money. Everybody else has money. They've got money. We give. We give. Mo- we give the most. To Israel. We give the most to Israel. Then we give the second most to Egypt, and I think we give some to Jordan. Let's not even talk about Iraq. Um, <laughs> it's not. But at, at least I, I, I give them credit for the fact that you know we talked about this previously. At least this morning they were talking about the fact that, it, you know, Joe hasn't quite learned what LIHOP means, but he'll get, <laughs> he'll get there, let it happen on purpose, and psycho baby, qu'est-ce que say? Because they... I know, yeah. You can't not. I know, not funny. I'm sorry. But, you know, they, they did delve into it for more than 15 seconds, the fact that Israel had the entire fucking battle plan and decided that it was, and I mean, this, sound, this sounds like an excuse to me. Well, you know, it's beyond our capabilities. It's beyond, uh, 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 this, is, this is a dream for Hamas. They could never pull it off. Well, it's interesting. Do it again, please. I mean, yeah, (laughs) that sounds like Hannibal Lecter and um, somebody else mixed together. Uh, 
Can you still? Yeah, I absolutely can you agree. still hear the lambs, BB? BB, your daughter is in Clarice. That shit is fucking weird. Ugh. Um, God, what a movie! So I'm, you know what? You are something. That now, now I've been thinking about that too. Now don't you? Don't, don't right. you? Don't you make me start thinking on something? I, I don't think I'm something. No, I, I, I mean. This, this it's like you know i i just it, it i don't want us to get to the place where when we were growing up where you cannot cannot make constructive criticism cuz i'm feeling like we're already there and that's not a good place to oh, be oh people people are yeah. people are and i'm one of them people are censoring themselves all over creation mm-hmm. i mean i find oh dear I find it troubling, the Israeli PR campaign centered on rape. No! Are you going to... I'm glad you brought it up. I didn't have to bring it up. Okay. I mean, this is... uh, Now, now, when I say campaign, I'm not talking about a military campaign. I'm talking about about a PR campaign. And I swear, every time I... And this has been a real PR push by Israel. Okay. Wait, wait, say it again, say it again. What? Israel. Israel. It's been a PR push by Israel. It's a professional operation. And I swear to God, if they if they, if they weren't if they weren't quiet if they if they had any if they had any doubt whatsoever that they couldn't get away with it, they'd have they'd have Hamas throwing Israeli babies out of hospital windows. They'd just reboot that. If I'm not they only saying, could. I'm not saying atrocities were not committed. I want to be a hundred percent clear about that. I have no doubt that oh, atrocities cool. were committed. Well, I've, of course, I've, you know I've, what? I've read the Old Testament. I know how people in that part of the world behave. Okay? And write it down. And slay every man, woman, and beast of the field except the women, the, the girls who have not known a man, and give them to the priest for fucking. It's written down. You never heard of history before, have you? You, you don't know. You never heard of world history, right? Well, no. I mean, no. I'm sure. No, there's other places where there's plenty of atrocities. But I the, didn't even. I thought you were going to steer clear of this, but I'm, I please, I want you to just flesh this out because I, I, I have. A well, little, I, 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 look. As a black man in America, I have a little motherfucking input on this. Maybe as a white girl in America, I'd shut the fuck up. No, but I, this is what's interesting that you are seeing the same. I'm, I'm telling you, this has reverberation. It's like the content. It's okay. Now they got they jumped on Jayapal, and she was frankly just dealing with history. Now t- let's all, everybody let's take a deep breath, and let's 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 take our emotions out of this whole situation and think about anthropology and the history of Homo, homo sapiens. Now, when we first started walking around on two feet, or maybe before, when. Uh, you, you think about maybe the beginning of 2001 in Space Odyssey. You know, you, you hit somebody in the head with a with, with the jaw of an, uh, of an animal or something. You know, you're having warfare. 
Yeah, are we back? Are we are we in two thousand one now? Is this the the the, the primates around the the uh, monolith and the bloody it looks bone familiar. And, yeah. it, it looks it looks familiar, but we have just skipped a, skipped back a little bit. But it looks very familiar. Yes, and, and I know you're being funny, I am, but I, I mean I, seriously. No, but but I'm <laughs> I am troubled. I'm. You already know where I'm going. <laughs> I do, and I mean, we'll go there. But the thing, I mean, that was the first thing people did when they raided the village. It was the first thing they stole, besides the weapons. The yeah. women. Yes, I mean, this is an old war. Well, it's baked in. I may as well go ahead and do this because Steve's already expecting it. The foundational, the foundational myth of the Roman Republic is the rape of the Sabine women. This is what I'm trying to say. This is like why the are you making this out like the, 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 it's found, the Jewish? The foundation, the foundational myth in the in, in in the Old Testament is the sons of Jacob, who went on the lamb and changed his name to Israel, going in and getting a bunch of the locals drunk, telling them that they had to chop off the ends of their peepees so that their sky daddy would be happy, and murdering them in their sleep. I didn't write general it down. General mutilation. No, genital mutilation. Well, it starts with the I mean, general mutilation. The, it ends in murder. Well, it's nothing new. Every man in, what was it, Shechem? Shechem? Shechem. The prince, his buddies, his drinking buddies. Yeah, oh, but dead. And lest anybody think that I'm focusing on any one document... Uh, it's written all over the walls of ancient Egypt too, and it's written on cliffs uh, in 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 what was then Persia. The exploits of Cyrus the Great, the head of the Achaemenid dynasty. Thank you, Ralphs, serving as the horn ad hoc Persian dynasty that was, correspondent. That, that, wait a minute, that's some serious doo doo right there. Now, look, Ralphs. Now, look. You, you better send me down over there. <laughs> well, I cannot. <laughs> uh, but it, it's it's uh, you can find it written on the stelae of 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 uh, uh, Copan, Chichen Itza. Everywhere. I, I mean, I, everywhere. I had to step back and that I'm shit, like, wait that a shit, minute, that, that, shit's that shit's baked in. But here's the thing. I don't think it's necessarily as effective a PR push as they think it is. Because if you give it 15 seconds, give it five, it falls apart. Not because rape is okay. Not because rape happens in war. Not because civilian atrocities are never any, are never committed in any uh, no firebombing of Dresden anybody we burnt Tokyo to, we the new 90 states of America the greatest country in the history of the world on earth now today forever in the universe under God burnt Tokyo to a cinder a war crime without even using an atomic weapon those were just firebombs napalm we knew, we knew 
We, we, we knew that Tokyo was made of paper and wood. Oh. And we knew, we knew the temperature it burns at, baby. You know what's funny? You brought that up, and and just just I want to flesh this out before I get lost because I'm already in trouble. Go ahead. I know what that's like. Please. I hope I didn't knock you off your screen. No, you didn't. I'm trying to figure out how to say this, and because uh, I think it all falls apart if you look and you go, does a murdered person care? about the manner of their murder. No, they don't. Well, no, they don't because the, they're dead. No, they're dead. And you are on the same plane that, that I'm thinking. To see, this is another way to once again take the humanization. Dehumanize the uh, de right the Palestinians because people are already starting to equate all of Hamas with Palestinians because Palestinians in a lot of people's minds right now are less than three fifths of a person they just you know this is in the way untermenschen it's like they're all untermenschen right and if we, and, and I cannot be the only one seeing this by now and see and this, and, and, remember, and, and, and this is kind of important. Mm-hmm. Untermenschen are untermenschen are untermenschen are untermenschen with apologies to Gertrude Stein. Brown is brown is brown is brown. Well, there we go, don't we? Now we're right back. And I cannot, as a black male in America, I cannot be the only one who sees this. Every time they, they it's like, okay, you right. These are brutal, disgusting terrorist people. What? The, first of all, what are you expecting? Them? But that behavior is not novel. In fact, I can come back. I can start you just recently and work back. I can think of Milosevic. I can think of the Hutus and the Tutsis. I can I can think of uh, more the recently. Turks and the Armenians. Right around Armenia, Japan, and China, and Korea. Oh my God, are you kidding? Look, Nanking, what? So this shit ain't fucking new. So when you say the Jewish women, it this is and you're talking about black and brown men raping Jew, raping, raping white women from Eastern Europe. Well, but but, 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 but wait, 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 hold on. Don't get yourself in deeper trouble trouble than you have to. Well it is if they are, if in fact they are. You can deplore you can deplore the rapes, you can denounce the rapes, you can decry the rapes. But you can also decry using it as a PR vehicle. That's because, my problem. Because with that, the, 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 there's only one word for that, and every country does it. It's called propaganda. Right. And in order to be effective, propaganda has to have some degree of believability. And I believe it. I believe these horrors were perpetrated. I believe they were perpetrated by monsters. I believe that also. But this and, is also and, what and, I know. And and, and, and and some of the fulminating going on this morning was, well, you can't decry it and then say, but. There can't be any equivocation. Oh, they, no, 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 no. But, they but use the, the but. The, but, but right, well, it's okay if they do. But they for use instance, the but. They don't even yeah, see it. For, for instance, yes, 
Israelis are killing Palestinian children. But it's a, it's a darn shame. But Israeli soldiers aren't raping them. And, and what do you expect them? What do you expect Israel to do? How can they live there with these terrorists around them? What do you expect them to do? Yeah. Uh, you know, Matt in San Francisco yeah. just said, I thought it was weird. Yeah, hearing all the gruesome details, like what they were chained to and the smashed pelvis bone thing. I mean, do, do, I, do I need to know that much detail? That's what I'm talking about. And well, Ralph and, and said, and remember the rapes in Ukraine? Ukraine, they're going on right now. And just because I want to, you know, oh, there's William Tecumseh Sherman, war as hell, ma'am. Uh, but ju- just because it, it just came to mind, do you remember some, say, two decades ago, a certain presidential administration braying as loudly as they possibly could about Sodom's rape rooms. He's got rape rooms. Remember that? Because mm. it's not just his. Mm. It's not just the babies going out the window in Kuwait City of his daddy. It's, it's Saddam Hussein's rape rooms. We're going to take him out. <laughs> Fuck him. <laughs> well, and I yeah, am, I well, am anti-war. War is always a choice. This is December the seventh. Uh, this is December the seventh, two thousand twenty-three. Eighty-two years ago, Japan made a choice to draw the United States into a global conflict, mm-hmm. and the choice they made was fucked up because our three little carriers weren't in port. So they could not completely cripple the United States Navy. War is always a choice. Read your, read your, uh, uh, what, Sun Tzu? The Art of War? Yeah, right. The best war is the war you do not fight? That's it. That's the last resort. You're supposed to do everything else before that. Exactly. Because nobody really wins in war. You, you think you win, but you really don't win. Because, you, you know, you, you got to look over your back the whole time. And, and just like right now, you know, we, we had this, this discussion weeks ago. You know, all, all Israel is doing now is cultivating decades more terrorists because so many people, I have been, have, so many families have been ruined. I just don't understand it. Like, like seriously, like, how how you told these people on numerous occasions go here it'll be safe, boom it gets bombed, bomb in a hospital, and and, and, and now and, we're yeah, finding and, out and and then this the, the the madness of well you know we may have to flood the tunnels with seawater, and is well and you know is, why and Israelis who have families or Israeli families who have family members who are still held hostage. Are screaming at the top of the top of their lungs. You're gonna flood what? Where our son, well, daughter, mother, father, grandfather, grandmother, niece, nephew, cousin is? You're no, gonna flood that? No, no, 
Let me, you know what? That's the plan. I thought about this early. I mean, this is, this is, I'm, this is, this is a hypothesis that I have. Remember, we're dealing with evidence now. Israel knows they've been committing war crimes. And some of these hostages have been let out. And the first, the very first people, I don't know if they were lying because maybe their spouses were still over there or not, but most of them, if not all, said, no, we were treated okay. We didn't have a lot of food, but they didn't beat us. And, you know, it wasn't terrible. It was, you know, it was, we were living like they were living. That's basically what they were saying. Now, they don't want those witnesses around. The nation state does not want any more hostages around to testify because the nation state is complicit. They knew exactly they had the plan. Why would you wait eight hours? You, this is like, this is too many, too many things in place. What the, the war wagging the dog. Okay, Netanyahu is, is in big trouble. He's, he's about to go to court pretty soon, and it looks damning. You know, he had to cobble together some kind of leadership, which was very, you know, because over there you have to uh, build a coalition. You know, it's, it's different. It's Western style, but it's different. And he wanted to change the Supreme Court over there. You know, and most people don't like him. The Israelis don't, don't like him too much. So he had, you know, they're making up shit. And, uh, you know, well, and let me say this. If they're not making up things and we find out that they're caught, like that little the little tunnel we saw underneath the first hospital they bombed, that looked like a utility service tunnel to me. Like if you live in a big city and you know where the subway comes, you can, there's a grate and there's a little stairway that goes down. And because the electrical lines are underground, they're not above ground. That didn't look like no headquarters, whatever. But the problem is that you talked about propaganda. Why Why does everything have to go through the Israeli government's filter before anything goes out in terms well, of because news the or Well, because the information is an element of warfare, I mean, basically. But again, Ehud Barak, a former prime minister of Israel, saying publicly, Hamas didn't build those tunnels. We built those tunnels. Colon. See? But you can't say that. We're not supposed to talk about that. No, you're just not supposed to talk about that. And my bottom um, line, since, you know, since the word genocide's being thrown around, is that that is what is going on. If you drive a people, if, if you drive a people away, if you murder them, if you make them cease to exist in some portion of the earth, that's a genocide. And at some point in the future, the Israeli flag will fly over the enti- that entire portion of the Levant from Egypt all the way to the Lebanese and Syrian border. And it, it will it will fly absolutely. It will fly over the West Bank and it will fly over Gaza, and there will be no more Palestinians. No, at least and not I'm glad at least not at up. least not that at least not that anybody can see. Now, now this is interesting because remember it, they, these folks are not like the Palestinians. Remember they are a segmented group. Some of these folks, the families have been someone got caught up in what they call administrative detention. 
caught in Gaza, they don't let them out because whatever, you're under sus- suspicion. Some Palestinians and Arabs live in Israel, proper. They live in Tel Aviv. Some Palestinians live over here, and they're, they're giving you medical treatment, and they have family over there. This is how weird and fucked up this shit is. Remember, we don't live in a vacuum. They're dragging us down into this this terrorist. We're going to have a whole spate of terrorism because one entity refuses to act civilly. Now, I mean, a nation state, not a group. You can't, you can't just like, okay, we're going to just destroy Hamas. That's like saying we're going to destroy your clan. You can't. It's, it's a philosophy. It's a mindset. What you really, what they really mean is that we're going to kill all the Palestinians. Now, what's going to happen? There'll be uh, like an outdoor, like a zoo or something. You'll have about, I don't know, maybe six to ten Palestinians. Or like, These are the Palestinians in their natural habitat. You can see there's a date tree, an oasis, a camel, some prayer blankets because they are Muslim. Um, this is the best way we could preserve what was left of their species. Now, they can be a two-state solution at this point because you only need a fucking apartment building. That's all that's going to be left enough to fill up an apartment building for Palestinians. I will say, and I would shed no tears, I think, if it happened, except for wondering what comes next because this is all a matter of what comes next remember hated the PLO got rid of the PLO Mm -hmm. got Hamas probably what comes after Hamas is worse than Hamas I know people find it difficult to imagine that right now but it's probably true but what I was about to say is that as much as, as as much as I favor peace, the head of Hamas is sitting over in Qatar, running his yap, and I'm at pains to figure out how it is that the Mossad, the CIA, what have you, uh, hasn't fig- figured out a way. To make him be quiet forever. It's a setup. It's the whole plan. Right, because, because what is the money that is keeping that asshole in the lifestyle to which he has been accustomed? Where did it come from? Well, it was cleared from Iran through Qatar to Hamas with, remember, with the complicity and the approval of Bibi Netanyahu's government. The same government that saw the war plan and said, nah. Well, that's the other fly in the ointment. I've been, I've been reading and hearing about that. Like, early on, he, he, he didn't want, he didn't want them to moderate. He wanted, he, he supported, he funded, helped to fund Hamas. Because he had to have a foil, F O I L. What he what he had to have wasn't so much a foil, Todd. He had to have someone that would oppose Mah- uh, Mahmoud Abbas and the Palestinian Authority. 
Palestinian, oh, the right. Palestinian okay. Authority, the Palestinian Authority runs the West Bank. Hamas runs Gaza, and so if you can keep them in a constant state of chaos against each other, they are weaker right. than if supposedly than if you face one ruling authority together. Right. And so that was the you know that was the bloody calculus that a right wing fascist government, Bibi Netanyahu's, engaged in. If we look at Bibi Netanyahu through the lens of an analysis of fascism, all of this makes sense. Oh, he's definitely there. Oh, it, and it, they're trying to take over the courts also. Oh, well, that's why he liked Trump. They, they were a lot. I mean, he, I, you know, I've been denouncing him before, way before this happened. I knew he, I told him, telling him he was an asshole fraud. Can you not look at that man like on a personal level? Can't you just tell he's a jackass? He's a pompous jackass, and it comes across. You don't even have to be around him. I, would, I can almost, I, mean, I can almost see his, things. I can almost see his high school, private school rep tie. <laughs> oh, I just look, look at my yearbook. Uh, I mean, I, it's, it, we're, we're, we're having some, but the fact of the matter is, no. Uh, if I were an Israeli, I wouldn't try, I wouldn't trust Bibi Netanyahu with, a, with the carcass of a runover skunk. No. No. He's in big trouble. He's in big trouble. But the fact that, and see, this, this, this is another layer to this. Remember, uh, uh, the Israeli intelligence, man, and Mossad, they're, they're supposed to be the elite. They're like, they are the, like, we go to them for, for work. Like, our, our folks go to them for work to, you know, get the layer away from us, a, a layer of, um, you know, some insulation. You know, and they, cause they don't have, they don't operate by the rules we have to operate by. They have, they have their software, the spy, the Stuxnet. I mean, they come on. How could they miss this? It was intentional. They let it happen. And they're not new with this. They've done it they before. Didn't, they didn't miss it. And I want to... I want to point something out. In the New York Times reporting on the Hamas plan, it pointed out that they had known elements of it since, and this date is imp- this year date is important. 2017. Now, hmm. 2017 of the common era. What was going on somewhere else in the world in 2017? Just pick a card, any card. I'll tell you when you get the right one. 2017. In 2017, Nitwit Nero met in the Oval Office with Sergei Lavrov and some other uh, uh, functionary from Mother Russia. Oh, no. That's when he gave up the secrets in the Oval Office and yes. he was joking about it? Yes. I've been thinking about that. And the, people who, were ha- and the people who were having a shit hemorrhage about it were the... Israelis. Yes. Mm-hmm. Mm, 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 mm. Oh, this is a rich sauce, right? This is demi gloss right here, but this is a rich shit. 
Mm. You remember? Mm. You I mean, and some of this stuff is. I know. I, I, so, sometimes I feel like. Mm, but remember. Remember the menorah. The like two thousand yeah. year old menorah that the Trump administration he, just, was loaned for Hanukkah and it went missing yep. and it was at Magaloco. Yep. Damn. You know. You There had there yeah. I'm not See, this this flummoxes me because I want to be so precise and so careful in my language. Because I know, my, you, you because, have, I because, mean, but because my heart is broken for Palestinian mothers, and my heart is broken for Israeli mothers. Everybody, this is unnecessary. It's like, just stop. Just stop for a minute. Just stop. This is bullshit. And... Through that heartbreak, I'm naturally inclined to wonder who benefited from it. And to this day, still nobody's talking about it, but I see Putin's hands. uh, I've said it to you before. I see Putin's fingerprints all over it. Putin? Well, who's over there? A lot of people who are rooted in Russia. And baby? Russian Jews. Russian Jews and land developers. It's about land and money now. They've already. But who, who be, that, but Putin, what are those yeah. people supposed to go back to? Putin benefits. What are they going back to? Huh? Rebel. Dip, dip right, and it's, it's, it's contaminated. It's, and it's I like, didn't, I didn't know this, to, but but David in South Carolina stand reminds us. Remember, Putin's birthday is October seventh. Oh, that's a little weird. Well, what a lovely little gift! What a lovely little gift to give him. So you get a little intel, let's say. You get a little intel that says that Israel has Hamas's plan, but that Israel's analysts think that Hamas can't pull it off. Russia gets that intel. Russia passes it to Hamas. And Hamas says, hmm, might not want to do that here in 2017 then. Let's sit back in the weeds a little bit. And that gives them more time to plan and, and put themselves I mean, Paragliders, really? And remember, there's still nothing actively tying Iran to the planning of this. You can tie Iran to the general support for Hamas till hell freezes over. But with regard to this specific plan, no. And you, uh, the, the, well, and, and there are people. Pre- and there are people beating. By the way, let's just uh, let's look. Let's let's pull. Let's pull back. 10, 12,000 feet and look down again. You got people having a conniption now saying that Joe Biden's weak. Joe Biden needs to be... Joe, Joe, Joe Biden's letting the Houthis just attack 
our Navy ships at will because he's weak. When in fact, maybe we're trying not to let the war widen. And if we're going to have Casus Belli, we're going to have a real good one. There's not going to be any aluminum tubes or Gulf of Tonkin. There's going to be real live evidence. Right. That's like that's like beating up the crazy guy in your neighborhood, you know, who weighs twenty ninety pounds. Like, well, you know, you can just annihilate him, but you know, why bother? It's not worth it. Like, what's that going to prove? And that's like that's like. Uh, you know, Israel on, on Gaza. And, and well, these, I mean, these, there's, a, there's, and, and, there's, there's an old saying here in Appalachia. Some bitch ain't worth the powder and let it take shooting. <laughs> That's what I'm saying, exactly. I, I mean, the, the, I, I, the, this whole press thing, though, I, I don't think it's being played enough in the American. Press. Enough people don't understand anything you see from Israel. It is by I'm not saying it's false because propaganda has connotations to different people, you know, different types of connotations to certain people. But by definition, when everything going out, any reporters on the ground, unless you're Al Jazeera and you just guerrilla like and you just do shit, it's going through the Israeli government before you see it. That's propaganda, pure and simple. Am I wrong here? No. Okay, so I have a problem with that. Because, you know, this one, and then at the same time, they want to talk about, well, the, the Gaza run, uh, whatever authority, Palestinian authority, you know, but that's the best. But, I mean, just look at the pictures. Where, where, where do you think these people, there's so many people under that rubble. Vaporized, breathing in that those microparticulates, no water. When you start cutting off water and food, that's a that's right there. That's a war crime. Now, and that brings me to this this point. And I'm not trying to beat up on on Israel, but they are acting. The, the government is acting badly. Not most of the not most of the people, but the government. Um, you know. Israel has been in perpetual, and that, that's a powerful word. I mean, it. Israel has been in perpetual violation of the United Nations rules, like probably since the early fifties. And you know, there, there are never any any consequences. Yet, when they feel slighted, they didn't want to go to the United Nations to get protected. And, and we all break rules. We all break rules. You know, I probably break laws every day, you know, but there's certain rules that we have to follow, like a red light. That means stop because maybe there's a reason that that red light is there. It, it might prevent death and, and carnage. You know, there's a reason that you're supposed to stay on your land. Stay on your property. Stay on your motherfucking property. Because when you don't, it's a provocative action. And I'm not making excuses for rape or anything else. I'm just saying that that is a provocative action. And that's an act of good faith. Stop stealing land, number one. Stop it. And what tell you, the truth but, but to what your do, people. But, but what, do you, what, do you, what do you do when 
people want to believe that it's not being stolen, that it's theirs by right of conquest or some other horseshit theory. We have some religious shit that I cannot get involved in. It has nothing to do with the law and, 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 and deeds and property rights and, and, uh, and documents. And geospatial position on this planet Earth. I, I do want to go back to one thing, though, because you, you know you were talking about you know from the very earliest days. If you, that that's a little bit erroneous, because as far as we can tell, mm-hmm. the idea of organized warfare is a product of the development of sedentary agricultural societies. Hmm. Hmm. It was not, I believe to, the, that. to the best of our knowledge, it was not part of hunter-gatherer society. So, well, that makes perfect sense. You want to, we want to protect your fertile ground, right? You got your groves, your orchards, where you graze your cattle. Yeah, I mean, you you, you, you start you start having sedentary agriculture, and you got to give the powerful you got to give the powerful dude so many bushels of barley, and yeah, you got to give the the, the, the religious dude, so many parcels of bar, barley, and you get a little barley to keep from yourself, keep for yourself, and then... And beer. we got to make beer and ale for well, a you know, that's, 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 One of things barley. Uh, beer almost makes itself right. in the hot sun. And so uh, you... And then, and then another state or another town grows up not far away, and they look over and it's like, you got a lot of fucking barley. And the head man over there says, listen, I want you to go and take their fucking shit. Kill them if you have to. We want their shit. And it's pretty demonstrable. Listen, let me, uh, I think I got I got Steve in New York here in the remaining minutes. So stand by. Let me see if I can bring Steve in. Are you there, Steve? I am here. Can you hear me? Yes. Okay, cool. I'm sorry. This whole the thing with uh, Netanyahu and why he why hop. Real, I, I, if you remember, I was saying that the day after it happened. Yeah. I sent that article from Le Monde, which creeped me the hell out, and I kept. Did asking, you say Le Monde, like from Paris? Yeah, yeah the French paper. Mm-hmm. There was an article in Le Monde. Or the guy who was the the Hamas military leader, or whatever he's called, set, t- talks in there about 5,000 missiles on that one day. Unless I misread it, that's what I that's how I read it. And the first thing that came to my mind is, wait a second. In in a 140 square mile area, densely populated as hell, one of the most surveilled areas on Earth. How do they miss the setting up for launch 5,000? Now, I understand the, miss, the, 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 the missiles and whatnot that, that, the, um, uh, that Hamas uses in Gaza aren't, aren't the sophisticated ones of, uh, of everybody else. So no, it, no, they're, 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 they're giant, they're giant uh, fragment, fragmentation, shrapnel-creating um, Crude warheaded bottle rockets. Right. So it could very well be that 
they're easier to conceal than a more high-tech weapon. So I kept thinking, how do they do that in, in, in such a highly surveilled area? And it goes completely unseen. The other thing was if you if you read the details of when Hamas or the when when they uh, breached the Gaza wall and came into Israel, they were again that wall is probably the most surveilled. It's mined that wall on Earth probably, or if if not on Earth, it ranks up there. How did they come across that wall? So many people. Spend so much and they they basically came into Israel, wandered around Israel. I don't just say they didn't just wander, but they spent time. uh, I don't what's the word I want walking um, the the, the, you know, walking, riding, riding motorbikes, etc. In Israeli, in on the Israeli side of that wall for hours, hours before anybody detected them. They're going in and out of kibbutzes, which are. Which and are that was that is one of the questions that's being is beginning to be asked, because there, it was like, I mean, I heard it this morning. Where the hell was the Israeli military? One of the most powerful militaries on the earth. Six hours. Where were they? Twelve hours. Where were they? And people were screaming from the kibbutzes. Where is the army? In in fact, uh, there was another article that I that I read and I believe I sent to you where they must have interviewed somebody who lived on the kibbutz, and the person spotted somebody dressed in IDF garb, and they thought it was an IDF soldier. Maybe they didn't interview, but maybe they saw it on surveillance. I don't remember. Turns out it was a Hamas fighter in IDF garb. So for like you just said, for hours, they go to is they go there, they invade these kibbutzes, they do the shit that they did. They have time to take off hostages and escape back into Gaza. And. and and I'm I'm very reluctant to to go on the, the lie hop, but Robin and again I, I know I said it the day after I it, it looked to it looked and then you find out that that Netanyahu I don't know if it was Netanyahu or or whoever uh, commanders of the IDF had sent troops that normally would have guarded those areas into the West Bank to 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 guard the settlers. It just it it, it it began to have that connecting the dots feel to it. But the weird thing about that I have that 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 that, that comes to me about this is sometimes something if it's too perfect it, it didn't happen or it's it didn't happen that way. And I and I will be honest with you I've I've thought long and hard about this and saying to myself is this too perfect. Is it too, and but well, it sure didn't. Uh, the, the fact, and then we find out. Uh, I'm sorry to interrupt. Then what? You, what you were just talking about? We find out that oh shit, this this wasn't 
they had an inkling of something like this happening a year ago, two years ago. 2017? Yes. And then if you remember, remember the news reports not too long after October 7th, where we find out that Egyptian intelligence said, something's going to happen. You need to be on the lookout. There was another country, I don't remember who it was, said the same thing. Something's going to happen. And you add that with the, the legal trouble that shit fuck is in. And like Todd See, said, I think that's where the whole Kui Bono analysis begins, Steve. Absolutely. And then the thing with screwing with the judiciary. Well, I mean, that's that's it, too. So screwing with the judiciary, the technology and military sector of Israeli society were out in their tens of thousands. And we're talking about reservists saying, we won't show up for drill. If you pull this shit with the courts, we will not show up for drill because it will no longer be the Israel we signed up to defend. Right. Yeah. And then he, he and then he bullies on ahead. Bibi does. Then this happens, and the next thing you know, all dissent is finished. Well, you have that. You have the. Uh, the I mean, this uh, is wag the dog, right? Yes, yes. You have the minority. The minority party in the Knesset, who is very anti-Bibi, joins the war cabinet. And I, if I remember reading the article right, it said reluctantly joins it. And it's one of those things where, you know, W used this very good, at, very well after 9-11. What, you, you, you mean you're with the terrorists? If you're not with us, if you're not for us, you're against us. <laughs> they tried to kill my daddy. <laughs> I will never not despise that man. Which one? Maybe not Yahoo or W. Well, that's just maybe equal opportunity. Okay. I and I, I'm pissed at um, Barack and Michelle who give that fucker the time of day. Um. But anyway, I you know I when you guys were talking, I this is something that I have. I mean, I, I will say this: I have really stopped for the most part reading the paper i don't read the paper anymore i don't watch i can't watch morning joe because anytime anytime this comes up it always is i mean i can't read i can't i can't see anything about this so i get bits and pieces now and as much as i have issues with sam cedar and majority report that's my been my mostly primary source of just getting daily tidbits on what on on knowing about it because I can't, I can't do this anymore. I can't when I starting to happen now. When I when I think too much about this, it just brings tears to my eyes. I know. Because I keep asking the question: How much is too much? And frankly, I ask that. I would ask that of both sides. At what point do you say, you know what? Maybe this constant killing and animosity and hating, maybe that's not really going to do anything here. When is it too much? At what point do you say, you know what? Look, the past, you know, the, the past sucks, and it was bad what happened. But at what point do the Israelis say, hey, okay, we're not going anywhere, but we understand. We, we can at least see where you're coming from as a and why do you call it the Nakba? Wait a minute, hold on. And why? And I and I look at it and say, 
Arabs and I'll just say Arabs. I don't quite know what to call that group of people have to be able to say, look, we understand the Holocaust changed everything. It was confirmation for 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 many, many Jews that, you know what, we need somewhere where we can call home for us. We need our clubhouse. An ethno state. Yes. And we need that. And. I'm not saying agree with it. I'm not saying each side agree with it. But it, until look, and I, I'm I'm an, I'm a uh, a novice to this to this whole conflict because this conflict, you know, it's not about 1948 forward. That's the modern scar or the modern sore. But this dates back it literally, you know, it, it really is a thousand years. This is li- this is, yeah it does but this is also line drawing in 1919 right. and the Sykes Picot Treaty and the Balfour Declaration and, and 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 it strikes me that until the sides can at least I can't get this out without choking up until the sides at least can acknowledge and say Okay, I might not agree, but I can I I I, I understand your per, I I get your perspective, and I felt the same way after 9/11. That this bullshit about what I hate is for our freedom bullshit. What would make people do what they did? What I'm not saying whatever their, re, their they think their reasons are. I'm not saying I I would agree with it. But it seems to me, it strikes me that the only way we get to a point to try to come to some sort of, at the very least, a detente, at the very least, something where we can at least stop killing each other, at least to understand perspective. And if you can't even do that, it strikes me, you're never going to get anywhere. And I, I ask that question of myself, why? Why? And I also began to realize, and I had when when um, I wrote this uh, to you when Andy had written in about his feeling that the tone seemed uncomfortable for him. I'll put it that way, because I don't want to accuse anybody of being anti-Semitic. And I understand No, let me rephrase that. I don't understand the Jewish connection to Israel. I don't. And I don't think a non-Jew can truly understand that. But until the sides, and I'll use sides, and, and if anything, I've realized that that's such a, it's such a difficult, you can't draw a line here and say, the, these are those the people on this side say this and the people on that side say that because you have Jews who are anti-Zionists. You have you have the group in this country, Jewish Voices for Peace, who are saying, fucking stop this. Stop. You have I've seen these old ladies demonstrating in front of the White House. I saw this. I think she was 89 years old calling for ceasefire. And she says, I was in the Holocaust. I know what a genocide looks like or something. I don't know what I don't want to put words in her mouth. But she was saying, I'm Jewish. I was in the hall. I survived the Holocaust. 
And if anybody should listen, if anyone should be listened to, that's the person we need to be listening to, her. But until we can get to a point where we can at least acknowledge, we're never going to, we're never going to, we're never even going to take the first step. And I think. Well, it depends on how you define we, doesn't it? Yeah. Well, I do, I do want to step there. there we're, we're into the fourth hour of the program. Yeah. And I oh, do. One, Robin, Robin yes. real quick, I want to, yeah. I want to. I want to uh, make sure Kevin understands this. Kevin, those bourbon things are seasonal. I didn't realize that. I should have said that. So get me your info as soon as I've got I can his address. So that... I've got his address. Okay, cool. Okay, yeah. cool. Because I want to get them to him. I don't want them yeah. to sell all out. milk, all milk chocolate, and no cashew brittle. Okay. <laughs> cool. Cashew brittle just sounds so damn good. It doesn't it? Yeah. Uh, oh, you know what? You know what, little Robin, little yeah. Roxy, little yeah. Roxanne, little Roxy. Yeah. If you hang your if you hang your little stocking up there, Sandy just might send you some passion bread. You never you never know. Hmm. You know that you know the up on the housetop uh, up on the housetop. Yeah. Uh, uh, what was it, Jill? Oh, just see what a glorious fill. Give her a dolly that laughs and cries. I'll say. Give her some cashew brittle that tastes real good. Blah, 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 Drive blah, her blah, blah. blood sugar through the roof. <laughs> no, I just wanted to say that we've had a very serious and 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 I think good faith conversation here. But I've got a headline here that has to close the program. It has nothing to do with Israel and Hamas, or no, it has to do with it's another one of those precious little moments. Where if you listen to this program, if you are part of this community, you are so far out out, of, out in front of the curve, it's like you're on straight road. Now, this is from USA Today. The reporter is Ken Tron. It was published one hour ago. Revel in this, y'all. Headline. He is hated. House Republicans secretly consider expelling Matt Gates after booting George Santos. Yay! What? Well, yeah, yay! But when did I first mention that? September? October? Or earlier? Oh, it seems like years. And then yesterday, I said with the announcement that uh, Craven McCarthy is going to uh, take his ball and go home, I said, I wonder if maybe he might have a parting, uh, a Parthian shot to loose on the way out the door. A privileged resolution to throw Matt Gates out of the house. And, well, uh, from the article, Ken Tron writes, Several Republican House members, many of whom are still angry at Gates for his antics that have impeded McCarthy and the majority of the conference from passing legislation, have begun to discuss Gates' ongoing investigation by the House Ethics Committee in the wake of the expulsion of embattled former Representative George Santos. And so last week, when they were throwing Santos out, Matt, it just gates worse, stood up and said, 
I rise not to defend George Santos, whoever he is, but to defend the very precedent that my colleagues are willing to shatter. Well, uh, one House Republican speaking to Ken Tron on, on the condition of anonymity said, uh, their, their uh, GOP colleagues knew damned well what the consequences were. And, quote, there were a number of people who voted to expel Santos with the express intent of thinking through the precedent there on what happens next. There was a lot of forethought about the precedent and what would happen when the report on Gates comes out. <laughs> you know, failed mutineers often wind up paying a price. And uh, If you go for the king, you better win, right? Yeah, but it's, <laughs> wow, saw this one coming. And I'm still trying, I'm, 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 I'm still trying to sort out the timing of Kevers blowing out the door, and part of it is him sticking the shiv in uh, Mullah Mike Johnson, who we now know thinks he's fucking Moses. Oh, he thinks he is Moses. Oh, he's got to go. <laughs> Well, oh no no no! That, well, that, see, when 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 go. Kevers is gone, that means Mullah Mike's majority will be down to three. Three. Yeah. That means his ability to do anything, anything, approaches statistical mathematical nil. Well, what if Robin and, and Steve, you know? Rob, the way you're presenting this now, I mean, I like what you said. And, and, and real quick, back to what Steve said. I hate to go back here, but no, I'm not going to go back there. We already left that alone. I'm not, I'm not going to pick it back up. Uh, so maybe, maybe the, the, the folks who care in what used to be the Republican Party see that there's a culling of the herd on both sides, maybe. Or they can envision that, because that's a big step. I mean, I mean, Gates has done everything. I mean, you couldn't, you can't get a damn job at Walmart with the shit he's he's been accused of. Uh, there's another fun. Uh, qu- there's another fun quote here. <laughs> a fun quote. I love it. Uh, GOP lawmakers, the Republican uh, anonymous Republican said, are. Much more excited to expel Gates than Santos if the House Ethics Committee releases a report that's just as damning for Gates as it was for Long Island Republican. This means that, uh, I mean, among other things, if it's found to be substantially provable, you know, him standing uh, in the well of the House talking about how he wants to fuck Christy Nome and how he snorts rails of the little blue dick, dick hardening pill and chases it with Red Bull so he can make Ficky Fick all night long. <laughs> so, literally, you heard it here first. Not this evening. Two damn months ago. Well, you don't expect less from your program, do you? No, but... I do love it when I get confirmation.
So that was fun. It's it, you know it's it's gotten to the point where it's not even it, it, there's no surprise anymore. It's like when I when I heard the the shit about people talking about whether or not Netanyahu knew. It, it it's not a surprise to me that people here got it first. Why would it be a surprise? You get a bunch of smart people looking at looking at something, and all of a sudden. Somewhere out, somebody out there is going to go, oh, shit, it is a dog. Did that make any sense? Yeah, it did. Well, listen, you guys, uh, it's been it's been a good conversation. I'm glad you jumped in there toward the end. Steve, I appreciate it. Yes, thank you. And. uh, Todd, it's always it's always a blast. And I didn't even get to tell you that. Tell you all about the chicken stew I made last weekend. You know what? I, you, those pictures. You just need to stop those <clears> pictures because those those food pictures. Because you know what? Right now I'm eating like uh, you know I'm, I'm haven't been in a cooking mood for a while, so I'm like eating you know salads and canned soup. So you need to just stop with that stuff, okay? Uh, sorry, okay. but the, oh the chicken the chicken <laughs> the chicken stew would have broken your heart, Steve. And it's very good for you, and it's all fresh. Oh no, from a carcass. Well, it's it's a it's an old Northwest Alabama recipe. Roll Tide. Roll Tide. Roll. And it's it's just flavorful, and the chicken is tender, and it's shredded, and there's all these different flavors at play in this beautiful red gold color, and Season it how you like. I like to spice it up a little bit, a little red pepper flakes, a little bit of uh, a little bit of Worcestershire. Yeah, that's righteous. Mm. Uh, I need to catch up with some uh, uh, emails real quick. Uh, uh, George and Corsgold, uh, Patrick McHenry, Hallie Klein says there's a big sex scandal coming. Mm, I wonder, Raise your head if you're surprised. I wonder what his name is. George Anthony. Nah. That's and and, and mean, by, yeah, and the brown the brown eye blue eye experiment was by Jane Elliott. Jimmy reminds us. In New England, in Boston, or somewhere in Massachusetts. Yeah, she was the lady who, um, and I agree with this, she said every white person in America is racist. You can't help but be born racist. The issue is getting to the point where you recognize it and resist it. I agree, that's me. And it, it became very poignant to me when I, when, uh, when I got mugged those two times. But you worked through it. Still trying. That's going to well, be my. But you didn't just let your you didn't, you didn't just let your lizard brain run the show and be done. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, you did it. Do what? Uh, you are true. Oh man, lizard brain. Amigdala. <laughs> Run the show? 
Oh, so so on YouTube, you know, YouTube now they always had it, but they have you know a whole lot of live channels just on plain old YouTube. And um, so you know, Reuters and Live now they were outside of the courtroom. Uh, oh, uh, Trump blew up in court today. We oh yeah, 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 hey, right no. yeah, he blew up in court at the same time he was losing at the Court of Appeals. <laughs> By the way, Steve, <laughs> Steve uh, if you wouldn't mind. Could you dig around and find out just exactly which court of appeals that was and what the vote was? Well, I can tell you if it was in Manhattan, it was the first department. Um, yeah, I can I can find out. Yeah, maybe uh, shoot that. He came out of the chamber at the same time. Like in other words, there was his proceeding. One of his proceedings was going on concurrently, uh, or at the same time simultaneously. Uh, with the handy down of the verdict from the appellate court there. Is, is that is that correct, Robert? I, I, it's more a matter for Steve. Yeah, I'll find I'll find out. I'll find the decision, take a look at it. Well, that's what it looked like to me, because he came out of one door, right? There's, there's a... It was an older courthouse. They had one of those old-timey... Fire hoses, like from the my building built in the twenties or thirties. Todd, Todd, yeah. All New York courts look like that, particularly in New York City. It's you if you want to walk into well, a court. I believe that you you will step back into the fifties. Not only in the way that they look, but a lot of times in the way that they operate and the way they smell. And the way they smell. I mean, we're talking people who we're talking going to clerk's office in some courts, and nothing is electronic. There are piles of papers by the wall, and the only reason you know which court it is is they've taken a manila folder in half, and they've written part such and such is this pile. Nothing, I mean, it, if you didn't know if you didn't know you, it was the 21st century and you walked in there. And a scrivener named Bartleby is sitting in the corner close. Pretty with a turkey scrivener? quill and a pot of ink. Did you say Scrivener? Yes. Did you say Scrivener? Yes, I said Scrivener. Don't you be pulled out them words this late in the program? That's, now come on. <laughs> By the way, you got a you got a cowbell, um, Todd. You got a cowbell a little oh, while back uh, from Billable Rick. Give Todd a cowbell for his voice impression of an Israeli bureaucrat. So, and Clarence said uh, Israel is using AI to calculate bombing targets in Gaza. Yeah, I've heard that too. Yeah, that's from Lamond. Uh, By the way, you don't have to speak uh, French to read Le Mans. There is an English version. No, I'm looking at an international. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I will tell you. I can dope I out have, a couple of French words here and there, but yeah. But I'll, and I'll tell you. In the I've read the Guardian and I read Le Mans and I go to another other bunch of other sources. You're hard pressed to beat Le Mans for in-depth, really, really, really good reporting and journalism. At least that's my experience. Well, and, and don't forget about Al Haret, because, you know. Al Haret? Um, oh, hold on, hold on. Yeah. Hold on. It's not it's Al. It's not Arabic. It's, no, it's, it's just Haaretz. Okay. It's, it's Haaretz, ha and I'll tell you, Haaretz means. Haaretz. Like, yeah. It means like the normal. Can like, you say it like one more time so I get it correct? Ha. Ha, as in ha ha ha. Haaretz. 
It means like ah, normal right. people, okay. like, like like regular folk. That's what that's what haaretz. Well, means. thank you. I appreciate that. Normal. Like, yeah. Like the the term, the Hebrew term of the people to whom Jesus spoke most of his messages were called the Am Haaretz. Oh, Ah Haaretz. The normal yeah. people. Yeah, the normal people. The the uh. Well, that, makes, that makes sense because they just try to like you know just say what's going on. Uh, apparently, a lot of people. Yeah, that would be uh, the, 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 that would the, 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 back in uh, in the first century CE. That would have been uh, Joe and Jane, six amphora. <laughs> yes. Yes. On the morning show. The password is amphora. Yeah. With your morning pita, the morning pita bread. Give us this day our daily pita. All right, you two, I'm out of here. Yes, I'm gonna I'm gonna step off. Y'all have a great have a great evening and and tomorrow and I will probably try to be I will be on the porch tomorrow. So I'll see you tomorrow. If not, have a wonderful weekend. Okay, sounds good. And you know, Todd, you need to come by the porch too. I, I would try if your Friday if dance Friday. if your Friday dance card is not too involved. It sounds good to me. Thanks, thanks, Robin. Thanks, Steve. You take care, Todd. See you guys. Bye. And so that's the end of the program. We uh, close the program at, well, 65 more bucks, and we're done funding yesterday, and tomorrow we'll just be dealing with today and tomorrow. Still, wonderful. And thanks for the challenges and the help with the challenges, Darlene, and thank you for the help, Ralphs, and congratulations, Kevin. Thank you all. Thanks to our PayPal and Patreon subscribers. Thank you to our a la carte contributors and challenge makers and challenge fulfillers. Thanks to each and every one of you who share your precious finite time engaging in the program in whatever manner you so choose. Thank you to our all-volunteer staff. Thanks, Roger, in the chat room. Thanks to our news ninjas. Thank you, Brother Deacon Asa, head on dot live. Remember, like and subscribe to the podcast and maybe leave a comment for the algorithms. Thanks to those of you who are doing so. Thanks, John Fox in Australia. Thank you, Ben Birch, WhiteRoseSociety.org. Thanks to the hardest working, bravest people I know, the folks at Coal River Mountain Watch, CRMW.net. 20-plus years at the forefront of the struggle for human rights and environmental justice in Appalachia and a proud union shop. Get your booster. Take your RSV vaccine. Get your flu shot. Wear your mask if you're around groups of five or more, especially if they're maggots. Wash your hands. Don't touch your face. Use your hand sanitizer. Carry it with you, pocket or purse. Maintain your social distance as best you can. And... uh If uh, Nitwit Nero comes down the down the pike towards you, sing. We won at the at the appellate court. No, you didn't. You lost again, and avoid him like the plague because he is. And always, 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 Gina. It's all for you. Later.